0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to PopCast on the Rocks, episode 98. We're a pop culture show that talks about pop culture things. And sometimes there's whiskey. Uh, My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by Andrea, as I very carefully do that intro I added an extra pop to again. It's amazing how that almost stumbles me. I was like, I'm adding an extra pop somewhere. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, got to get that sorted.
1: Well done, well done. You made it through.
0: Poppy yeah. pop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, where's Emily in the chat? Throwing a few more pop. Yeah. Um Yeah. Well, anyways, uh yeah, we're going to talk later tonight about The Batman. Um hopefully everybody's seen it, but if you have not, never fear, we won't be discussing that until later. Before we get there, we got a few news stories, quite a few actually. Mm-hmm. um and drink holidays right
1: yes we do as always uh we're bringing it back to some that were celebrated previously but we haven't mentioned on the podcast yet march 3rd national moscow mule day one of my favorite days so cheers to that
0: cheers <laughs> For
1: drink yeah. we tried so hard last week yeah. and it didn't happen mm-hmm. and now it did
0: well tried so hard like telepathically not Mm -hmm. not in any actual sense i guess
1: right right but we made it happen this week john we manifested that energy and now we're twinsies (laughs) Uh, (laughs) some other ones that apparently you and i aren't celebrating but you all could march 5th it was national absinthe day be careful if you celebrate that one March eighth was International Women's Collaboration Brew Day, so if you're picking out a brew, yeah. So if you're picking out a brew to celebrate, it was International Women's Day on March eighth. So therefore, try to pick one that's uh, owned and operated potentially by women. So cheers to that. Three
0: holidays, yeah. Cheers.
1: Those are our three holidays, of course probably the most infamous drink holiday that March is known for is coming up this week, obviously in St. Patrick's day, but we're not there yet soon.
0: Yeah. Right. I'll do a, uh, St. Patrick's day live stream. I don't know what we'll do. We'll watch uh, the goondock saints.
1: Oh God. Yes. Great movie. I'm, I'm down for that. I haven't seen that in quite a while. Um, I almost had a, I was realizing this the other day. It sort of hit me when she was born, but not really. Um, it's hitting me more now that she's turning one. I almost had a daughter born on St. Patrick's Day, March 16th. Mm. So close. Yeah. So close.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, but you don't really want that, right? Because you, you don't want the, the birthday taken over by, that's why I was it like someone's born on Christmas or whatever.
1: Yeah, I feel like All Christmas your- is harder Christmas- though. Yeah. Because it's like you already get presents for Christmas, and it's such like a big holiday that everybody's thinking about. Yeah. St. Patrick's Day is a little less present-oriented, so you could still get, you know, like your birthday gifts. And it wouldn't be like, here's your combination birthday Christmas. Like Yeah, right. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <I want laughs> two presents.
0: <laughs> I'll cut it in half then. There you go. Two.
1: <laughs> wow, that's some like... King Solomon style. like yeah. Just cut <laughs> yeah. it in half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, All right. Well, um, what have you been up to this week?
1: Anything, um, Honestly, uh, not a whole not a whole lot in terms of. Um, you know, the entertainment world, we've been watching some more Explained on Netflix, and that was pretty mm. fun, got to some cool episodes. Um, I know we were talking about the one that I watched on chess the other week, and that was. That was a fun one. We watched one on dance crazes. Um you know, oh. everything that like goes around TikTok and like how how does that get started and who who benefits from that? Like, you know, if you started a dance but you're not a very popular influencer and then an influencer takes over your dance and gets to monetize from it. Who gets copyright? And apparently copyright around choreography and dance is so loose in the US. There's basically almost no dances that can be copyrighted mm. it's i mean there are some but it's very few because it's very very specific around what constitutes yeah a copyrightable like move or set of moves
0: yeah that's got to be pretty tough Yeah. so it's it's my mind when it first went to like the um the uh involuntary dancing craze I don't remember the year or whatever that it took place, but Mm -hmm. allegedly, you know, in some village, some people would literally dance until they would drop dead.
1: Oh my God. And it kind
0: of started to spread before all of a sudden the whole, um, like courtyard or whatever was full of people that were dancing until they're wearing holes in their shoes or their feet are bloody or whatever. Sure. And they ended up like wrangling people up and, bringing them to some church and doing some sort of mass like blessing thing or whatever to solve Whoa, the whole thing. So That is
1: a crazy story. I've never heard that before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um the, of course there's debate on, you know, what is the cause, you know, um mm-hmm. yeah, whether uh, you know, how much how much is real Were people trying to like get out of doing something you know mm-hmm. did it started seeking attention you know but how did it you know it wasn't a thing where people were just like well i get tired and now i go home right like no i'm collapsing
1: and, right uh, i'm injuring so, yeah. myself
0: uh-huh yeah it, it kind of yeah it spurred me to get this book about like um these different mass hysterias and stuff that have been documented throughout history or whatever so
1: yeah, but that's really that's interesting. Very
0: different options for <laughs> dance uh related
1: dance topics. crazes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, fun. Renato's I
0: mean, in the chat. Just want to say hey Renato. Thanks for hey, jumping in. Hey,
1: how's it going? Um Yeah, it was really fun. I, I also learned that um, you know, there was kind of a section about like the rise of the music video and how much dance played into releasing a song. Then, you know, you wanted to create Mm. a video with like a a dance move that was patented or like dances that people could do because then they felt more connected to your song. Um, And I learned that Psy, when he released Gangnam Style literally broke YouTube. I did not know this. Like, his video was watched so much that YouTube like broke and had to shut down while they like got mm. a bigger processor to like
0: accommodate the number. of yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So I didn't know that. I didn't know it was like. I mean, I knew it was like the craze that like, you know, swept yeah. the world and, you know, but I just didn't realize like how big that actually was. So,
0: well, and if you think about it, you know, um, Every once in a while, a platform or a type of media or something has some sort of blow-up moment. You know, you have it mm-hmm. at different times. A new merch someplace is released, and then the site is not capable and ready to handle the traffic that it receives. Sure. And so it has to do some upgrades. But even when Gungam Style came out, I mean, YouTube obviously had been around. People used it for watching, like you say, music videos and looking up stuff. But I feel like now... Even that short span of time, YouTube is so much more prevalent. Yeah. there's so much more content. there's just um it it really is amazing to see how that platform and the way we consume media has has changed um just even right. from from that example,
1: but, right, yeah, obviously, I feel like YouTube's probably a, a little bit more equipped or prepared to handle that kind of surge now now,
0: yeah, mhm,
1: yeah. Not that I know that there's going to be another one, but you know, law of averages is probably going to be something in the future.
0: Right. But how many people will be required to break it now? I know that would be the fascinating,
1: that would be the fascinating part of it. Yeah. So yeah, so that was, that was fun to watch. Um, It also tied in a little bit of gaming because it was talking about how uh, Fortnite has uh, monetized like dance moves. You can buy dance moves for your avatar to do. And right. some people had sued them saying, like, you know, my move is copyrighted. Um, most famously, Alfonso Ribeiro was suing them for using the Carlton. And he lost. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because they said that the Carlton couldn't be, A, wasn't long enough to constitute a um, like oh, a choreographed, you know, on, only three moves wasn't enough to be considered like a choreographed move set. And then they also said, hey, you can't copyright it after the fact. So he lost. And I thought <laughs> that that was interesting.
0: Yeah. I yeah, didn't expect that outcome. I mean, we got to start dance NFTs. Uh, yeah. Because would that. See, but that would be. It's still Make not. Make sure the we, dance. we
1: copyright them.
0: <laughs> it's, you're right. Because it's still not in the dance. Still, then it's the it's the file that mm-hmm. you're selling. Mm hmm digital asset
1: right not the uh mm.
0: but yeah what's happening but what does it,
1: con- it yeah but what does it contain are mm-hmm. you selling what it contains
0: huh. Huh.
1: anyway so yeah that was just a <laughs> that was a particularly again fascinating sure. episode for me um because yeah. i not only did it bring in entertainment and you know kind of the platforms that we talk about but also gaming of course so it's a fun episode um, I have bowed down to peer pressure, and I am now one of the masses who are enjoying the terribly trashy reality show Love is Blind. Uh okay. it's awful. It's so awful. And yet I watch it. I love it. It's trash and I love it. Oh, it's awesome. really Which great. This one is
0: so is that a Netflix one too?
1: Yep, it's a Netflix one. It's where uh, so it's hosted by Nick Lachey and his wife Vanessa. Um formerly Manilo uh, and they set up a bunch of singles. Like I think it's 12 singles might be more. Um, And they only talk to each other through pods, like a a very slim barrier in like these potted chambers. And they, they have no distractions. They have no phones, no computers, so they can't look each other up on Google or whatever. Right. Um, and are on any social media and then they like presumably fall in love pick someone hopefully it's reciprocal um i don't know what happens if you know nobody finds someone i guess they haven't really covered that as far as i've watched yet you
0: leave crying yeah
1: i mean you know it could happen um but then they get engaged they like you know are, are kind of in a super short term intense relationship they get engaged Um, And then they're flown off to, like, a resort somewhere with the other engaged couples from the show. And they kind of sit back and see, like, hey, you know, is your relationship going to last now that you're out in the world? Is your relationship going to last? Because maybe you formed, like, deep bonds with other people. But you ultimately thought, like, no, this other person is my soulmate. Now if you meet that other person again, are you going to be tested and tempted to stray? So, yeah, it's very it's very interesting. It's an interesting experiment, but it feels creepy watching these people do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's an interesting experiment in. <laughs> they theory. Don't pull the
0: camera away. Then, what and they're doing it?
1: Oh. oh no, no, no! I just meant like I watching these people <laughs> yeah, like participate in the experiment. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> they they do the they do the classic like fade out. yeah, when somebody yeah. Somebody's about to get Im- intimate. Uh, the fa- the famous like blur out, um, but yeah, no, it just it feels like a really interesting topic that I would be be interested to read about. But watching it happen feels a little cringe sometimes. Okay,
0: well, Renato says he's watched some of it and mostly just read a recap or spoilers of it too. You know, oh, so yeah. maybe yeah, so I maybe do just ten and ten. But they it. focus
1: on like yeah, so yeah, that's the thing they they like have more people. I know there's more people in there, but they just keep focusing on like these several main couples. So my mind immediately is like, where are the other people? Like, where did they go? Did they get engaged, and their lives are just like not that interesting? Or did they not (laughs) get engaged and just like leave?
0: So uh, it's not really a pop culture related question, then I suppose, but it is like the state of our world. Is it? Do you find it a a problem? that people if they meet someone then go to look them up like cuz obviously it's a state Ooh. here where is so there you know as you mentioned you don't don't have that ability is that a bad thing that we do that and we don't just judge people based on their interactions or
1: um i don't think it's a bad thing but i don't think it should be your only indicator for someone and i and i say this having watched this show Not terribly long after I watched the Tinder swindler. Mm. Which is basically a bunch of women who met this guy, looked him up on social media and was like, oh, he's like, you know, the son of a diamond, you know, tycoon. And he's so fancy and look at his social media. It's so reassuring because he travels and he works and he's, you know, having fun. Clearly, he was able to create all of this fake crap. So, and, and have many women buy into it. So, yeah, I don't think it's a problem that we look people up to see who they are, but I also wouldn't trust it wholly because it right. can be faked just like many other things. So, well,
0: and yeah, i so Renato says he dated online I looked up every single person. <laughs> so no. my question then was, is that a good, good idea, Renato? Did you, would that work out for you or is that do you find that that was beneficial because even if something is not faked i don't know i mean we are who you know we are what we do and what we put forth in the world and we social media is included in that i guess you know Mm -hmm. um but you know people can be very can come across as very different people on social media and what their online presence is versus in person and you know, we are multifaceted. So like mm-hmm. are you I don't know. I I mean I understand. I think everybody's gonna do it. If they meet someone and they can, they're gonna look them up on social media. Like that's not mm-hmm. it's good, that's what's gonna happen. Ultimately, I'm just wondering if it's the best for society or not.
1: Yeah. Um I think I think it can be problematic, absolutely. Um, I think there's there are different kinds of social media posters you know if you're someone who like lives for social media then yeah you're only seeing you know maybe a crafted side of yourself that's not really real you know um that that's like the best most perfect version of your life or potential version of your life um and it can create you know a very false sense of intimacy because you think you're, you're seeing somebody, but you're really only seeing a very like one sided part element. of them yeah. curated. Yeah. Um, and I mean, on the flip side, even if you are, you know, kind of a very real poster, I'm, I think I'm more of a real poster. I post, you know, just like random things. They're not, I don't always look my best or I don't always, you know, post things that are like super exciting, but they are things I care about. Um, Even if, you know, you look somebody like me up where, you know, they are posting their very real life, it could still give you a false sense of intimacy and a false sense of knowing them without actually putting the work in to get to know them. You're like, oh, this is just like a shorthand for getting to know you. Now I know who you are. So it's problematic in a lot of different ways.
0: Yeah. I didn't think of that because, yeah, you treat the person differently having feeling like you know them before Mm -hmm. you do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. I didn't think of that. That's. Hmm. Well, it's not something that I'm personally concerned with or Mm -hmm. (laughs) you either. So.
1: No, um, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But, um, but but it is
1: an interesting question. And obviously this show is a very interesting experiment of what do we do when we're without it? And then what do we do when we get it back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How does that change us and change our relationships with someone? So, Yes, like, it is a very trashy show, but it explores an interesting question, just probably not in the greatest way.
0: Right. Um, wow, well, I'll just, that would going down more. I, I more just, rabbit I'm holes keep, upon rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's like not relevant at all, so it just, uh, it's, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So that's, well, yeah, well, those
1: well. are a couple of things I've watched this week, and obviously my biggest one that we're gonna talk about later is the Batman.
0: Nice. Nice. All right. Um, yeah, I didn't uh I didn't watch any any trashy shows, TV shows this week, I get Well, not trashy Listen in that sense, out. anyways. Uh, I did see so Ashley's watching, you know, um, what is it, 90 Day Fiance and stuff. So mm, but I think sure. that was that was last week or whatever. So um Let's see more anime. So again, I'm I'm a little behind because I'm just watching the uh, English versions of these shows. So don't toy with me, Miss Nagatoro. Watch episode six through nine. Episode nine just nice. came out this weekend, and um, so you're all caught up. It's yeah, it's so good. It's it's so much. It's just a lot of fun. Okay, um, really liking it. Um, I had I had a discussion recently with um um mike you know has been on here and stuff about mm-hmm. like and it's going around online too about the the way that um like characters particularly high schoolers or even middle schoolers are, can be portrayed in in anime and stuff like that and um so like i don't know it, it's there's room for discussion in there somewhere if we want sometime um Absolutely. with like this show and uh, also my dress up darling watched episode seven of that. Um also very good. Um it, they're those two shows are similar in ways, but different enough that um yeah, I don't know. They're both they're both a lot of fun. Totally okay. recommend. So um Forbidden West, Horizon's Forbidden West. Um, play more of that. Not too much, but I'm like slowly making progress. And then uh, the Batman as well managed to just squeeze that in. I was like, Ooh. I didn't know if I was going to make it or not. But yeah, just just got that done. Um, I'm going to ignore um, Renato's last comment.
1: Just <laughs> I, move right I, I past knew it. That. I knew it. I saw it and was just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> John's so mad right now. <laughs>
0: no, it's, it's all right. Yeah, different strokes. <laughs> Through clenched
1: teeth. That's alright. That's alright. It's fine. I'm doing so good. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> all right. Some news. Um, we finally oh, got. Oh, does a- he get
1: some redemption with his next comment? Give him some oh, love. Man, I'm gonna,
0: okay, I'm gonna fill fill the viewers in here. Renato in chat <laughs> says he fit in all caps. By the way, I finished live action Bebop. My response is just. I'm sorry, um <laughs> unfortunate and uh but then he's gonna start the anime next, mm-hmm. okay, that was his plan, so do report back what you mm-hmm. think um going in that direction, you know, yeah, um for sure, so yeah, um news, Kenobi. The Kenobi yes. limited series coming to Disney plus mm-hmm. uh, it's coming out pretty soon. I think in May. May. And so mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh surprising. It took this long to get a trailer, but we did get one. Did you mm-hmm. watch it?
1: I did watch it. I am fascinated with this show because I knew nothing about its arrival. Like it came oh, out of okay. left field. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, I I know we'd seen quite a while back that, um, not quite a while, I mean, back in December, January, I think, they announced Kenobi. But I just, I didn't know, like, leading up to it, I felt like usually there's more, like, build-up, there's more, like, online chatter, like, Kenobi is happening, it's going to be a, you know, thing. And it just feels like we keep getting these, like, very random blips of, like, here it is. You know, with not a lot of other surrounding media Mm -hmm. blitz. And I feel like this is a a big thing.
0: I mean, didn't we talk about, like, Hayden Christensen coming back a while ago?
1: We did when when they had first, like, dropped that, like, hey, Kenobi limited series is happening. And we were like, what? I get what
0: you're saying. There's been no where are we in the process?
1: Yes. Yes. Right. So I don't know what that says about like Disney's media campaign going on around it. If they're excited, not, or if they're just like trying so hard to keep everything secret that like nothing is being talked about. Mm -hmm. I'm just not sure where, where to like fall on the, like, am I excited about this? Is this good? Or is Disney sort of like, shit, this was a good idea we had to follow up on, but now it's just being released. Here it is.
0: Well, and that's, you know, so, yeah, I was going to ask then if this had you more excited because you haven't really uh, followed The Mandalorian or The Book of Boba Fett much. So, mm-hmm. like, if this was something that was going to pull you back in or?
1: This would. I mean, this would be the thing for sure. Uh, I really liked Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Kenobi. Um, see, look, not all of Pete's episodes one through three are bad.
0: Form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I did. I enjoyed it very much and I would love to see the story of between you know Star Wars movies where did Kenobi go and what did he do and how did he become the weird old man in the desert. Okay. I love it. I l- I love this like limited series premise and I love you and McGregor, so yeah, go take a shot at it.
0: Okay. All right. I mean, I thought they put together yeah, it was a good um
1: it was a good trailer.
0: Yeah, it was a entertaining trailer. Um I'm I mean, like I said, I'm out on Star Wars, so mm-hmm. you'll have to let me know how it is, but mm-hmm. it's um I I'm really hoping comments...
1: Oh, sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, oh, I was just, I was just going to say I'm really hoping for something that's Star Wars but doesn't touch any Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett timeline, storyline, hmm. anything like completely separate, separate it out. Okay. Cause I think that's what this needs.
0: Okay. Um, I'm trying to find the quote.
1: Read online. So, uh,
0: yeah, so it, it was one of the concerning things to me, I guess, um, mm-hmm. there is, uh, this show had a delay and they had a bunch of rewrites that happened to it. And so we were like, "Oh, what's happening there?" Yeah. And apparently, uh, Kathleen Kenny was talking to Entertainment Weekly, and um, they had to they they shifted what they were looking for. They they decided the show was too dark, and hmm. wanted something more hopeful and uplifting, quote unquote, okay. hopeful and uplifting. So. Um, she says and quote and it's tricky when you're starting with a character in the state of obi-wan would be in hmm. coming off of revenge of the sith
1: that's yeah, a pretty total bleak, time
0: can't just wave magic wand with any writer and and arrive at a story that is necessary that necessarily reflects what you want to feel unquote so mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I mean, like what this it, to me, it's like you have this time period and you have right the story that it is. So shouldn't mm-hmm. you be approaching it with not the story you want to tell, but the story that is there?
1: Ooh, I mean, that's that's tricky, I think, because any story is a story you want to tell, hopefully. But yes, you should balance that out with where the character is at especially if they're a previously existing character Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean like there's i don't see anything wrong with like i would like for obi-wan to end up here and maybe that's a more hopeful place um and it seems maybe unrealistic at the start of his journey but if you like start it along and it when you're writing it out if the character you know follows that and it seems organic sure if it doesn't, then yeah, you're going to have to change your story. Hmm. So, yeah, so I, I don't, think... I, I I, think that it's a good thing to go in with the mindset of, I want this to be the end goal, but you have to be fluid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think that this area of Star Wars has been explored a number of times with the game uh, Jedi Fallen Order. We have this mm, the sure. animated series, Star Wars Rebels. Um, We get a bit of uh, Kenobi in there. We've had comics and stuff like that. And I honestly think that I think that there is this temptation. They really want to see. I don't know that this should be called Kenobi is what I'm thinking, because how Mm. much are you going to be giving Obi-Wan to do in this setting and time place? I think they're going to have to change dramatically. The idea is that Obi-Wan guarded Luke. His Mm -hmm. task was: here's the kid. We're gonna make sure he stay. I stay unknown and unseen, and he stays unknown and unseen. And Mm -hmm. so that's kind of limiting in terms of what he can do and where a show can go. So they're gonna have to branch dramatically to other places Mm -hmm. and people to cover, because the trailer shows Inquisitors. So really, maybe the show is more about um, the hunt for Kenobi, but also any remaining Jedi. You know, we've seen that during the yeah. time. This is the great whatever that, you know, Vader is has these Inquisitors, and they're combing the galaxy looking for any other Force sensitives to destroy and anyone else mm-hmm. that was left. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I, w- I would agree with that. I mean, the trailer does seem to hint that that's the premise of... Mm-hmm. The story and maybe, yeah, maybe calling it Kenobi is wrong um for a title, even though obviously calling it Kenobi would appeal to any like more fringe or light Star Wars fans. Because, of course, you recognize Kenobi. You're not going to. Yep. Not, not going to maybe tune in for a show that's called like the Inquisitors or the Jedi Hunt or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just not going to pull you the way that like calling it Kenobi will on the flip side of that. Is it, is it a mistitle? Like we talked about the birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn. That movie is about Harley Quinn. Like put her first, because then we won't go in thinking this is a movie about birds of prey. So it could be the, one of those kind of titles where I, maybe you, but probably I watch it and say, this is a wrong title.
0: Yeah. Well, in the same, I mean, even Lucas themselves then did that with Book of Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. Like the book, when you just say the Book of Boba Fett, to me, that really sounds like, you know, the biography of Boba Fett, the the life and tales of Boba Fett. And that's a pretty long and and dramatic thing or whatever. Well, everything that people liked about that show had nothing to do with Boba Fett. The show completely flipped midway through. So it's um i just i don't know i think if the if the universe and the ip is in a good place that doesn't matter what the show is called so long as what it's called is not deceptive so long as it's properly titled like yes it will pull in some more people that are maybe not as involved if it says kenobi but i just Mm -hmm. think that if if the ip is in a great place it, it it won't matter. Like people will just be The in- Marvel people just go to whatever's Marvel. It's the Marvel thing. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going cause yeah. it's the Marvel thing, you know? But,
1: but that's, isn't that marketing as a whole? Like it's, they always, they don't release Shang-Chi. They release Marvel universe. Like Marvel is everywhere. Marvel Shang-Chi. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or we were just talking about this for Ridley Scott. It's Ridley Scott's raised by wolves. Even though Ridley Scott has basically nothing to do with it anymore, it's a name recognition. They're they're now just taking it an extra step further, potentially, in the title, in mistitling, not you know, not just leaving it as like Star Wars, you know, Kenobi. It's like, oh, it's Kenobi. So that way we're gonna pull you in even though we're telling a different story. Do you know what I'm trying to say. But it could
0: be, it could be blank, a Star Wars tale. You know, yeah, that with it all, could you
1: know. be. It yeah. could be. I'm just saying they're taking it the next step further. Yeah. Potentially, we we feel that about you know like Book of Boba Fett, and we feel that about you know Birds of Prey. We don't know. Maybe Kenobi is the same way. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's more involved with him than we think it is. But it is yeah. hard to tell from the trailer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's coming pretty soon, so... It is. For everybody interested, there it will be. Um, coming less soon, but still mm-hmm. on its way. Uh, another television show, The Boys Season 3.
1: Now, this I, was a trailer.
0: Yo. Oh, so you did watch it. Okay, I didn't know... Uh, I, I yeah, posted I spoilers, because I'm just, like, in case. I'm okay.
1: I'm okay. Right. They, and right. they did it in, a like, spoilers, but it's so brief. It's not like extended. It's not, no, 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 no. no. Like, like each cut scene is so brief that, like, it's spoilers, but it's not like an extended scene of like, here's all the no. things. You know what no. I mean? So I, I enjoy that kind of like teaser of like, what was that? What was that? What was that?
0: It was well. It was a well. It was well done. I just well done. It, I knew major spoilers. Some right. I lost some surprises <laughs> because of it, so
1: I did. That's yes, too bad. But I'm kind of okay with it because I because I was intrigued enough by the big reveal to be like, "Oh, happen! What are they gonna do about that? Mm. Oh my God! What does this mean for the mission?" I, I it pulled me in personally. It okay. could it could warn other people off. It could disappoint other people that they know that turn is mm-hmm. coming. For me, it made me more excited. Just
0: made you more excited? Okay. Yes.
1: I am going to warn Chris, if he wants to watch it, that there is a huge, Uh, huge, huge spoiler, because he's such a fan of the boys as well. I'm going to warn him that there's a huge, major spoiler in it, and watch it or don't with Mm -hmm. caution, because, yeah, yeah, if that's the kind of thing that would make you mad, it will make you mad.
0: You know, I do have to say, though, that I, I guess ultimately I'm glad I saw it, because um you know i was a little cooler to season two than the season one so getting this trailer for uh season three kind of like okay you know i want to it got me Back ready to it. see it again you know mm-hmm. so i was concerned where it's gonna go or whatever but it's uh it was it was a well cut trailer it looks like a lot of excellent music happens so mm-hmm. yeah yep um renaissance is going to be the first episode spoiler right yeah it certainly could be and then they deal with it the whole season yeah
1: could be um i gotta say just a couple things about the boys um uh side note to that um amazon prime has a animated series short series right now um on the on the boys universe um, on their platform right now, which I did not know existed. I think I found out like last week, so I need to go see that. But if you want to get like in the mindset, it sounds like that's the way to go. Um, Talking about the trailer though, number one, glad to see Homelander is just as freaking weird as he always is.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had several scenes
1: mm-hmm. that were just like, oh God, you big weirdo. Um, two... This is not a spoiler because it's been out there forever. But just in case, spoiler: Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy looks great. Looks fun. He looks crazy and twisted, and I think he's just gonna fit right in that universe. Uh, Three. This season looks like very colorful. Do you okay. know what I'm saying? Like, just like, like, uh, just w- the brief impressions I got from the trailer, everything was very colorful, poppy, like, kind of almost in a not so gritty, dark place as some of the other seasons have been. Like, season one was so, like, dark and gritty, even the colors felt very muted when you were mm-hmm. watching it, and now this looks, you know, extra bright um, so I don't know if they're like shifting a tone, if that's going to be like this season's just going to be kind of a different focus. But I just noted that in the trailer.
0: It'd be nice if it was a little more fun, maybe, you know, yeah. and don't get too, uh, too dark but all the time. But in the fun, there's just such weirdness. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, they made that very clear from the trailer yeah. as well. It's still going to be bloody. Um, uh, yeah. but yeah, there could be more like fun, humorous storylines to go with
0: the yep. goer. I was going to bring this up, too, and Renata mentioned in chat here that the Homelander actor was arrested not long ago. Got in oh. some sort of bar fight. <laughs> so.
1: Oh, no. Well, at least he doesn't have laser eyes in real life to melt someone in that bar fight. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I I, I haven't heard, you know, who's a, what whoopsie. really came of that or anything just yeah that was the initial story and haven't heard anything anything since so whoopsie but yeah i think that was june or something june or okay. july is coming so uh the, this show premieres it's yeah tomorrow, it's june yeah okay um all right sticking on well not sticking on it. i guess it's a completely different kind of subject but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the playstation event they had a it kind of announced uh, a yeah. state of play and um did you get to see any of the stuff that was announced at this or any, i got any to MD see event?
1: clips but i did not tune into the event unfortunately
0: okay no that's not a big deal it's uh it was to me pretty underwhelming, uh, but I guess I, th- I think it's just what we have to expect now. Are you just gonna get mm-hmm. these things? They have some stuff that's for someone, gets someone excited, and then uh,
1: some of a this bunch I feel like it, I've mostly. seen before. Some of it looks new. yes,
0: yeah. they I mean, they sh- like they show new footage for Ghostwire Tokyo and new sure. footage for. Uh, stranger in paradise and then announced a demo new footage for Spoken. you know like a lot okay. of it was stuff that has been shown before but mm-hmm. uh, not all of it uh it opened with exo primal which was a new ip
1: yeah
0: um and then the big surprise to me that was cool was the ninja turtles collection mm-hmm. Um, konami's putting out this collection of classic ninja turtle games I don't know. It's more than 10 games or something like that. Nice. You can save and, you know, adding some modern features to them and whatnot. So, and it's, I think it's going to be a $40 game. And yeah, no one was expecting it. So that'll be fun. Yes. Um, And then Returnal gets a DLC mode, like with a different mode that uh, allows you to play co op together. Oh, cool. So, yeah.
1: So, so some fun stuff. Were those were those yeah. kind of your highlights? Yeah,
0: I mean, there's a few JRPGs that didn't like strike me as something that I was really, really interested in mm-hmm. um, some other stuff I'd already seen. Ghostwire Tokyo, I think is looking really great. I think I think that could be really fun. So but sure. I don't need to see more of that either. You know, it was kind of getting we're going to get to that point with where we were at with Deathloop where it's just like, OK, already.
1: I don't need to see
0: Deathloop again. Right.
1: I'm sold. You know? Thank yeah. you.
0: <laughs> right. So. Um, okay. Back to movies and television and stuff. Um, actually, I should, should switch these around. Let's stick to game. Yep. No. Okay. Let's stick to games it. for a second. All right. So uh, just as we had mentioned a couple weeks ago, because we've been talking about consolidation in the gaming industry and all that stuff. And um, again, me not being super concerned about it. We talked about some former Witcher CDPR devs leaving mm-hmm. to make their own mm-hmm. studio. And they're making a new game. Now we have another one. Um, Ikumi Nakamura is a woman that sh- first showed up on stage for Ghostwire Tokyo, that mm-hmm. like people became aware of her and stuff. And um, her social media blew up and everything. And then she left the company and had a kid and everything. Well, now she's starting her own uh, studio, game studio. And it's called Unseen. And she's pulling in a bunch of talent from wherever, all over. And, you mm-hmm. know, she like, said she likes paranormal uh, horror things and all that. So it'll probably be something in that vein. But, yeah, I just think more good news. I was going to say, isn't this
1: like person? the best news in the face of, you know, this this kind of conglomeration yeah. that's happening this you know mm-hmm. centralization of gaming systems and yeah it's it's the best news people are responding to me saying like no not for me like i'm gonna go on my own independent studio
0: yeah you know people it, and this will continue to happen unless it's the regulated where they can't or something so you get people right, that yeah. they get tired of work in some place and they make good relationships somewhere else or they you know i i can imagine there's a talented developers at studios that all they do is make call of duty games or they're stuck on some MMORPG forever and mm-hmm. they want something fresh Well, they can just, uh, branch out and start their own thing if they have yeah. a vision. So it's yeah. so it's, I'm excited to see what, uh, what she brings to the table.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so before we switch back into movies, then I'll talk, stay on gaming and go. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because it's it's everywhere. We don't generally get very uh, political here, but it's a current topic, I guess. Um, just seeing that. Everyone, almost everyone is jumping on board with leaving Russia in the mm-hmm. gaming space. So we've got. um Microsoft, Take-Two Interactive, Ubisoft, Electronic Arts, Activision, Epic Games, CDPR, Blooper Team, Supercell, CI Games, all of them and Mm -hmm. more have um, decided to, in one way or another, um, cut ties. And so Mm -hmm. this is... I want to see what you thought of it? I want to give my two cents? You know, my two cents is just that I don't see this being particularly helpful. Um, it's ultimately just hurting people um, that don't have anything to do with anything. Uh, Nintendo just now they announced it's um, it's not their doing, but they people can't buy stuff from the Nintendo eShop right now because the payment service that they used. Um, was shut down Mm. so now Nintendo Mm. can't sell games on their eShop because that payment system said no we're we're backing out Um, and it's having other effects now as well Russia is reportedly legalizing some forms of piracy so they're like okay if you (laughs) go and you steal whatever game or whatever you want we're not going to come after you go for it Um, so it's just it's just a mess and I don't think that you know To me, anyways, these companies aren't sending the message they think they're sending. All they're doing is taking people that, uh, you know, innocent people at home that maybe are trying to do something (laughs) to keep their sanity or whatever. And now they can't, you know, besides the other things in the world, like people getting backed up at train stations because their Apple Pay and Google Pay have been shut off or, Mm -hmm. you know, like they can't buy food because they're credit card companies are saying, nope, we're not doing business here anymore. And like Mm -hmm. all this sort of thing on top of that, you take the entertainment space and say, Mm -hmm. no. So.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that I read uh, several different articles, um, kind of talking about sanctions more broadly um, than, than Mm -hmm. just, you know, the the gaming sector. Um, And that is the danger of sanctions you know like sanctions that aren't yeah. leveled at a country but are more leveled at the everyday citizen there's that's the dual edged sword um you know on the one hand you hope that what you're doing is making things like this difficult so that everyday citizens push back against their government saying like listen knock it off we don't support the war like you have to stop this we we don't want it anymore because look at all of what's happening look at the repercussions that we your people are facing and you know then they do what they can to exert their influence so that this stops or somehow it seems unlikely in in Russia's current political system um but you know in perhaps a democratic system they would elect somebody else who says you know I'm pulling out of the war. Yeah, it's not going to happen under me. We're going to reopen our country. So the idea is to, to aim at the everyday citizens so that they can use their political power to influence those in political power. The double-edged sword obviously comes in where A, you might be hurting those people, in more ways than just like taking away their gaming space. You know, you use the example of like, oh, my bank is now closed off. I can't pay my rent or I can't buy food. What am I going to do? Ideally, it would, again, force them to to say like, I want you to stop the war right now. Logically, in the short term, you would say that person is now hurting. Um. So yeah, so that's that's part of like the double-edged sword when you're, when you're wielding things like that is you want, this is the intended effect that you want, but this is the, on the opposite side, this is the more harmful outcome you could have. So I don't, I don't really know that this is the right avenue to go if you're, you know, thinking I want to do something to exert pressure on this country to stop invading another. On the other hand is, is this somebody's, you know, ideological line that they feel firm about? Like, you know, we, we would do a lot of things if, you know, Russia was doing something else, but I can't condone our company doing business with in a country that's invading for another. It's just, it's so complicated to me.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, I, I also don't, um, I don't like the, uh, the hypocrisy. So, oh, you know, we're, we can't dare to do business in this country right now, Mm -hmm. but we'll do business in China and assist the communist party there. We'll do business Mm -hmm. in Saudi Arabia. who's like constantly in conflict with neighboring nations. We'll do, we'll do business all over the place, but this one's blown up in the media. So we'll decide that we want to, uh, you know, attempt to make ourselves look good. Um, Yeah, it's, that's it's how hard. I see it, but
1: yeah, it, no, it's it's hard not to be cynical about it because you're right. If you truly felt this way, why are you doing business in in these other countries? How I mean, this this sort of comes into play, and I'm going to get into a little bit of a slippery slope here, but um, it it's it's kind of a, a relevant, similar situation where Chris and I were in the theater watching the trailers for the Batman. And one of the trailers was um, for uh, Fantastic Beasts, the next installment that's coming out. And Chris was just, like, super upset Mads Mikkelsen is going to be replacing Johnny Depp. And I was less upset. But Chris was like, oh, I just can't believe, like, you know, they cut ties with Johnny Depp. And, like, I don't know. I don't think you can... Stop working with an actor like that because, you know, of like w- this one incident and it, you know, couldn't be proved and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, but also like everybody has the right to decide where their line is. You know, where you say like, listen, we could have in, in, in this situation that I'm referring to, we could have dealt with Johnny Depp if, you know, he got drunk and gotten a bar fight, if he scandalously married a porn star and divorced her two hours later, um, you know, if he did X, Y, and Z, but the line that we won't cross here is allegations of abuse. You know, that's, that's our, our personal line that we just say, like, that's where we, we say we can't work with you. So everybody has the right to decide where their line is. So I I want to be generous in thinking that there's a person or several people at these companies making the decision of like, this is where our line is. Cynical side of me says like, this is a company. It's probably not that idealistic. And it is in part, if not in most, probably, yes, decided by... How will the majority of our consumers see us if we do this thing that we know may please many of them?
0: Yep. I mean, I, yeah, I'm, I'm on the cynical side because, like you say, you know, you can, <laughs> you know usually when I'm arguing almost anything, it's never in that um, someone or some entity can't do something. It's mm-hmm. so whether I think they should or not, or If they're being consistent, because Mm -hmm. if anything, if anything drives me crazy, it's hypocrisy or injustice. And yeah, I don't think for a second anyone is like, well, our moral line at Warner Brothers is an actor facing allegations of something. It's what is the PR going to be for us? Mm -hmm. How is how are we going to be viewed? Because regardless of the case outcome. People yeah. will see the stories of the allegations, and that will be in their head then. So, and and then and
1: then, but then you know, isn't Amber that Amber Heard sort of- gets to
0: keep her work and her jobs, and then and I don't
1: and I guess I don't agree with that.
0: Yeah, it's me. It's just the inconsistency, you know. I agree it's like with the, that. It's like the yeah. NFL, you know. They'll, the inconsistency they'll like, is frustrating. You know, right. You know, it's like uh, NFL wants to preach about something, but then. You know, they have players that are on camera throwing their girlfriends against the wall, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's drag
1: him into an elevator.
0: Yeah, by you their know. Hair. So like, I don't trust the the like feign of morality from any of these uh, giant mega corporations. And uh, though I don't argue with them being able to do it, mm-hmm. I uh, yeah, it drives me yeah. a, little, a little crazy.
1: I, I, Yeah, it's it's hard because, you know, on the one hand, you feel like if you're doing solely for the company, what does the most good? Does that take away some of your personal autonomy to make those choices? Like if I was working for a company and I said, here's my moral line and the company said like, okay, but our moral line is like way further out here. Or Mm. if my moral line was further out than a company's. And they said, like, nope, you have to have that. Like, when, when do I get to have the choice? Or when am I making the choice based on morality, but then also happens to have this side effect sometimes of being on the right side of popular opinion? Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I never get credit for having my moral line? And that was my moral choice regardless of public opinion, and public opinion just happened to decide with me. It's really tricky when you're thinking about working at a company because you're never sure who exactly the buck stops with because they never come forward to say, I, solely me, executive, you know, number 23 at Warner Brothers made this decision. Yeah. So yeah, well, it is you just always- look at a company and think, like, who made that decision and why? Who was in the room mm-hmm. saying, like, this is wrong and who was in the room saying, this is good PR.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that balance is certainly different in different companies, like who, right. who carries the weight and, and, and all that stuff. And um, But look at the James Gunn with Disney.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're going to drop James Gunn because we can't stand for this, you know? And then, mm-hmm. well, he's, he'll come back for, now that you've forgotten about it, uh, he can come back for Guardians of the Galaxy 3.
1: Oh, sure, sure.
0: You know, it's like, he, yeah. he, you know, you're gone. We don't, we're separating. We're, we don't, you know, so then he goes to work for DC for a couple films and a show and whatever. And Marvel's like, actually, yeah, come back. That's all right. It's fine. So yeah. cause there's, because there was no morality there. It wasn't about, it was just about saving face, not, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I, it's, I'm glad someone maintains the, the hope there. The, of uh, <laughs> someone means some something good somewhere
1: mm. so. yeah I, I I don't know it's it's really hard. I mean, both scenarios play out in your mind, and you're never sure which one is is the one that's you know the right one and and who gets to make that decision or if somebody makes the decision, and then somebody else says, like and it's good p r or yeah. You know, somebody makes the good PR decision before you have to like approach your moral line.
0: So, And and sometimes, look, there can be a win win, you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to always be like, for instance, um, every new product reveal or whatever, Apple talks about how green it is and the different things they're doing for for the environment for each one. Mm-hmm. Well, the cynic can say, well, you don't actually care. You are you're saving money doing this. You know, by, mm-hmm. by building a machine to quickly pull apart an iPhone and recycle most of the materials so you can use, you're saving money. By reducing mm-hmm. the amount of packaging, you are saving shipping costs because you're using less material, which is therefore less expensive. You can fit more things per pallet, therefore more on one shipping container, you're, make, you're saving money. So a complete cynic can be like, well, you don't care at all. You just, you, this is a monetary gain. But you can also be like, well, it can be, you can have, both things can be true. Mm-hmm. People might actually feel this is right. And at the same time, it benefits the company monetarily. Mm-hmm. And at the same time it benefits them from a PR standpoint or whatever, right. you know, multiple things can be true at once. So yeah, but anyways. It's about as Mm -hmm. political as we get here, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I just thought, Um, yeah. I mean, we wish everyone luck. We wish everyone luck on that side of the world. So, um, see, okay. So switching gears to Mm -hmm. movies, right before Mm -hmm. we get into the Batman. Indeed. um dc i don't know i thought this they like, could slide this in there no one would notice on the <laughs> um, good news of the batman launch right. or whatever because warner brothers has delayed aquaman to and flash until next year mm-hmm. um flash is delayed until June 23rd next year and Aquaman until December 16th. No, sorry, March 17th next year. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting, huh?
1: Yeah, I didn't really see that coming. I kind of thought we were Mm -hmm. over the hump of major movie release delays. And uh, this makes me nervous because it doesn't feel like there's a great reason behind it, unless you know one that I don't.
0: You know, I was going to watch Grace Randolph's uh, breakdown of why that is, and I didn't get there. So um, whatever insider information she has, I'm not privy to at the moment. Um, But I like uh, uh, Renato says in chat, he's like 2022 is the year of DC, but not really. (laughs) Yeah, that's... (laughs) That's right, because they had the Super Bowl trailer. Remember, it's like there's all the stuff this year. You know,
1: the year of DC. uh, Yep. Yeah,
0: and And even um... then it
1: was pretty scant. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it was like
1: it was like I mean, I guess it was four. I I shouldn't say it was like scant. In
0: your mind, I remember you being disappointed. It's like, what more do you want from them, Andrea?
1: I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard not to think of like, you know, Marvel's such like a composite train now of TV and movie. So it just Mm -hmm. feels like DC should be like, like. there should be, yeah, there should be like TV shows pumping out that they're endorsing and, and, you know, flashing up on their year of DC and as well as movies. So it felt like there should be more content, but it's hard to get back into that. Like they're just talking movies. These are big blockbustery tentpole kind of movies. Of course, there are only four of them in a year,
0: Mm -hmm. you know,
1: like that's, that's insane. But in my in my brain i was sort of you know still on the like marvel side of like look at all the releases on you know disney plus day that were about marvel it was just like insane so yeah well and but it's it, not fair it's easy
0: to get it's easy to get carry away that way i'm i like tweeted during the playstation state of play and i'm you know because people are thinking, "Well, God, PlayStation, what do they have this year? what give a tell us what are you going to do? And it's like, well, you already got Horizon Forbidden West. We get uh Grand Turismo seven, supposedly God of War, Ragnarok is coming out this year, and then maybe p s v r two. like what more do you want from a first, you know from a game coming like how many how many do you expect? And sometimes, yeah, when you look at like Nintendo, sometimes a lot of games, but, you know, it's a lot of games that cost a lot less to make or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, with DC, I it, it's just if I get what you're saying, because it feels less unified, because even if they right. come up with a new Doom Patrol and they come out with an animated new season of Young Justice and they come out with a new Harley Quinn season and maybe they come out with a new animated uh, Constantine or Justice League Dark movie, all these things that are in the world, they're not connected So Mm -hmm. then and they're not part of the same promotion. So. Yeah. But. uh, uh, Renata was asking about Black Adam being delayed or not. I don't see that being the case. Did you hear Um, about that one? Um, It might
1: have been delayed by like a month or something, but it's still coming out in the summer.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's it's listed here as October 21st.
1: Oh, October 21st. Then so, it was coming out in the summer and now months. it's coming out October 21st. So, okay. yeah, I don't know what the dealio is. I mean, a couple months doesn't seem like enough to do like shooting or script fixes. So I don't know that that's something. Yeah. Maybe it's an Maybe editing FX, fix. Editing, FX, yeah. Effects, yeah. yeah.
0: Hard to, hard I mean, to know we... though,
1: because it's such right. like a short time in the in the time of movies that doesn't feel like enough time to really do much.
0: You know, maybe they were going to rescore it. You know, there's all kinds of stuff in post you could do that. You know, we saw the Snyder Cut. We saw the difference that that made, you know, they Super could completely true. go. Yeah. So. um, Yeah. Well. 2023, the year of D.C. Here we come. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. So we got... One more news story you found. What's this one here about about the Batman's world?
1: Yes, indeed. So uh, HBO Max, um, again, something I really hadn't heard all that much about, um, was producing two different um, series based off of Matt Reeves' The Batman. There's going to be a kind of you know TV companion to his movie universe and they've decided to cancel one of the two and i
0: oh, one of them okay
1: yes i weirdly think this is the right one to cancel so yeah. spoiler alert maybe um if you haven't heard about this before there no spoilers for the batman not yet um but just spoiler if you haven't heard about this um so the two shows that were in development one was a was going to follow a cop in the Gotham Police Department and kind of, you know, his dealings with the characters that are in play in Matt Reeves' Batman. The second that is still going forward is kind of an origin story about Colin Farrell's Penguin, his rise to power, how he gets there, you know, how he kind of builds the club, appears in the batman again I don't, i'm not trying to give away too much um but it's gonna follow like his story in gotham and that is still moving forward in development and while i'm kind of sad that both of them aren't it's it's i guess it's hard to be too sad about you know something you didn't know all that much about but out of the two i think dropping the the gotham PD kind of angle is the better choice because we've already got a show like Gotham that followed Jim Gordon and his way through the Gotham PD and his like interaction with the you know Batman and the city's villains. We've already got that kind of angle, even if this was going to be a little bit different take. We've already too recently been there, I think. And the more interesting and original choice is to follow Penguin. Okay, my yeah. take on that.
0: I would ag- I would agree on that. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't be counting in because of the Gotham show. I guess I don't know how well that's is. That's that's not still running, is it? I have not think anything it's still running, but time.
1: it did well during its run. It did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was fairly. I think. I think it was probably fairly. It was fairly successful, and I I believe it was more successful early than late, like many shows. Um. But I don't remember how many seasons it had. Yeah,
0: Renato says it's done.
1: Yeah, okay. It, was, I, it had to be I at least three. Like, yeah, I just feel like it was recent enough that like we've done Gotham PD. It's fine. We don't need another one so soon on the heels. Maybe, you know, we get a Batman sequel. We get a whole like slew of films. Maybe the Penguin series does well. Maybe we make it later. Right. But right now I just don't think it's the one we need.
0: Okay. It's not the the hero we want. It's one we deserve. <laughs> it's with, the hero, the hero the we Dark deserve. Dark Knight yeah. line or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we should uh we'll get to this um ranking as after we talk mm-hmm. about the movie here maybe um but um we should get into the Batman itself, Batman movie 2022 proper. Mm-hmm. Um, starring Patz and Zoe Kravitz <laughs> um <laughs> I already so, spoiled
1: that Colin Farrell's the Penguin, so you know him too
0: yeah yeah, right <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just managed to see this
1: mm-hmm.
0: yesterday um mm-hmm. so it's fresh in my mind mm-hmm. what do you uh what do you think of it? Were your, were your hopes high? Were they, (laughs) you know, and, and does it, did it meet those or I know pre-show you said you had a lot of thoughts, so.
1: Yes. Yes. I have many, many thoughts as you can obviously see in my script notes here. I
0: mean, I haven't read Um, them. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to be spoiled by your notes,
1: but. Yeah. Um, so I went into the Batman with, I would say middling hopes. Um, I was i think i I, my hopes got a little bit of boost from emily last week saying you know overall she thought it was good and gave a thumbs up for it um i did ended up agreeing with her that our pats has a great batman jaw i thought i thought he did well there he like filled that you know lower half of the mask out nicely um So going into it with middling hopes, this movie did exceed my expectations. Okay. Is it my number one Batman movie? No. But does it have a place at least in my top five? Tell you later if it makes it into the top three. Yes. Okay. It does. I thought it was very well done on the whole. There were some great casting choices. Very smart moves by Matt Reeves. Um, And I think other people have said this, and I agree, to to distance himself and not make it too similar to previous recent Batman movies. You know, we left the Joker alone in this, which is smart. It wasn't like a strictly an origin story, which is smart. We've had a lot of origin stories. So kind of jumping in... Towards the beginning, but not the very beginning, smart things to do. Like I think he separated this movie out and made it its own progenitor of a potential film series without following too many traditional routes. And I think that that was a smart thing to do,
0: sure, yeah, okay. well said i th- I agree I think with uh with most of that except for that I did, I went in with pretty high hopes, you know, tried it to tamp them down, but just, just so what they'd given me beforehand, um, it really felt like the kind of film I wanted. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've spoken on this previously or whatever, how like, generally speaking, I am never a big proponent of, um, race or gender swaps and things, but I've also said in terms of Batman, when you're doing something that has been done many, many, many times before, um, is where you need to bring, it's okay to bring something different or fresh. Mm -hmm. And so like with the Batman, like you said, we, we strayed from some of the trappings or familiar territory of previous films definitely for its benefit because we didn't need a rehashing of i mean it's been years since we've seen the riddler and then particularly the penguin in
1: -hmm. the film
0: format so that's good and yeah, it, they didn't fall into that thing with we get with Spider-Man where it's always like we do we have to see Uncle Ben die again and again mm-hmm. or whatever you know it's like we know some of these origin things we spent a ton of time in the Batman Begins mm-hmm. where Bruce Wayne go like seeing him as a kid learning lessons from his father going and training you know uh, abroad and uh, like exploring the world and seeing the criminal underbelly in that way we did all that
1: mm-hmm. so.
0: So, yeah. on one hand, you don't need a you don't want a movie that expects you that you must know those other things. So you can't write for that with the expectation. but you also don't need to write something that retreads on ground in the case that many people are familiar
1: mm-hmm. yeah. i think I think this movie kind of benefited in that way from Christopher Nolan's series being so recent that I feel like this was like a uh you know I mean it is a reboot of Batman but it isn't. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we can already sort of draw on enough people saw Nolan's series, saw that origin story. Batman is fresh enough as a whole in our minds. We don't need to see his origin story. We don't need to be reintroduced to him. He's He's already there because Chris, Christopher Nolan made this series and we've got that to draw on. Now let's just get into Batman. Like a different okay. Batman, a different take for sure. But like like the story of his rise to being Batman is familiar enough in the recent entertainment mind that we didn't need to do an origin story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and um, like everybody has their different... Uh, view of what Batman is or what it means to them. Like last week we talked, we got, like you said, Emily's impressions mm-hmm. and uh, she said her favorite Batman is um, from like the 70s, 60s and 70s Adam with uh, Adam West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely like it has its place, but it's definitely not what I'm looking for in Batman. And so when I went to this film, it's is definitely the kind of thing I'm looking for when I watch when I go to Batman, it gives mm-hmm. me the sort of vibes that I would get watching the animated series. Um, we also got Batman being a detective, which I thought was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely, he's, it's always, I mean, the detective comics is a Batman comic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's both in the title It's like dark Avenger and all these different things or whatever is, um, the, you know, the, and the dark night and whatnot, he is the world's greatest detective, mm-hmm. but we don't get that much. And to me, this movie was the closest Batman film we've had to, um, a murder mystery story that Batman must solve. And he does so with the help of Alfred and Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I was happy to see it and I hope if they're making more that this isn't a one-off kind of format um, for this Batman and this Riddler case.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that was one of the elements that I, I wrote down as, as the strongest of the film as well. I really enjoyed the old school classic detective story piece of it. And I think it was smart to draw in the audience as well. Like there's, I was sitting there in the audience trying to solve ciphers and riddles that, you know, the Riddler had left for the Batman. And um, it was fun sometimes when I got it, like the second before, you know, our Pat set his line solving it, you know, it's a way for the audience to be engaged as well. Yep. And mm-hmm. it was well done enough that it, it wasn't always obvious what the answer was, or, you know, if you felt like you had the answer, you didn't have the right answer. So there were still twists and turns that could be revealed, um, as in the answer, you know, where they, they solve um, for, you know, a rat with wings. And they're trying to go through, yeah. like, who has wings? Like, it's the Batman, or it's the Penguin has wings. Oh, crap, nope, wait, a falcon has wings. So mm-hmm. we go through, like, several iterations of what an answer could be. So that we can still have surprises, but the the audience is also along with us, being the detective for the journey.
0: Yep. Yeah, and I think they they did that well because it's not it's not an easy thing. I get why they don't do a ton mm-hmm. of mysteries all the time because yeah. having a satisfying one, you know, it's one of the it's amazing about the Columbo series that you're able to get such satisfying result, you know, resolutions to these mysteries, um, but. In this case, yeah, it was, um, it was a good balance of action, but trying to figure things out. I like a lot that the, the kind of twist is the Riddler is feels Mm -hmm. like he's working with the Batman. Like it's their, their accomplices in this, that he needs Batman's muscle uh, while he Mm -hmm. sets the stage for everything. And so he gets really upset when it's like, no, I'm not, you know, we're not in this together. So I like Mm -hmm. that. Elements of it, too. It kept it kept uh, the Riddler kind of unstable. Um, right. I think probably one of the more controversial things is going to be the look of the Riddler and his outfit. And stuff. what do you think of all that stuff?
1: Um, in terms of like, he doesn't have question marks like over his outfit. His,
0: yeah. And he's wearing the kind of strange mask, you know, it's a, there's nothing particularly traditional about his costumed look other than it's green.
1: Yeah, I mean, but was there anything very traditional about penguins? Well, I didn't really that, feel that. I mean, but it that depends on
0: the ver- I mean, traditional original penguin, I suppose not, you know. But penguins gone through a number of iterations and like he settled into being a in many stories, a crime boss, you know, and right. um, so definitely not taking the literal route of Danny DeVito, you mm-hmm. know, literally has like flippers. Right. And uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah,
1: so I I wasn't particularly bothered by it. I mean, I wasn't expecting to, you know, see Jim Carrey's skin tight, lime green, <laughs> you know, question mark, berittled. Uh, suit up there. So, I didn't really know what I wanted the Riddler to look like, and I'm glad in a way that it didn't try to do those things. I felt like it was another it was another element that surprised me. It didn't disappoint me, and it felt more natural in here where like the penguin also was a more realistic take on, you know, what he would be wearing. Um, so yeah, so it, it didn't really bother me to be honest. I, I really was more focused on Paul Dano's performance, which I thought was fantastic.
0: He really hit
1: some emotional highs, lows conveyed the sense of his purpose and his dedication and his belief. And then his absolute utter insanity his heartbreak and his grief and despair when the Batman turns out to not be the partner that he wants him to be. Mm -hmm. It, he just had a fantastic emotional range all over the show and he did amazingly well hidden behind, not only a mask, but also a thick pair of glasses and some like baggy clothes. So you couldn't always even see, you know, the full extent of what his body was doing. So I just kudos. He did a really, really great job.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, uh, from my take of what I've read of Batman for the Riddler is I've always felt sometimes he's a little undefined. He's a little like we have the Mad Hatter on one side and we have the Mm -hmm. Joker on the other. Where is the Riddler in this exactly? And I think that to me, personality wise and um like how he would handle himself in this worked very well mm-hmm. for what the Riddler should be and uh yeah I liked I liked how creepy he was he was able to be how unstable he was able to be but mm-hmm. how intelligent too and like how he uh, you know the moment where he's talking to Batman. oh I thought you were way smarter than this you know mm-hmm. I, I like I like those moments and stuff um yeah, I think he was a he was a great. Like ultimate baddie in a movie where we had a number of them, you know, and.
1: uh, We did, but I liked the way that everyone was introduced. I liked the way that, you know, you say we had many baddies, many villains, Um, but nobody felt like, oh, my God, here comes the penguin. Like, you know, nobody was like big introduction. It was this is Gotham. These are the people here are the players. Like, let's just go about our daily lives, trying to survive our interactions with these people who run, you know, some of the more dangerous parts of the city or obviously in uh, Falcone's case, he thought like I run the city.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think the movie also um, it, Succeeds in not trying to be too large, you know. Sometimes they want to have and like there were big set pieces and stuff for sure, but they they weren't trying to. They didn't have to spend a bunch of time with Bruce Wayne being Bruce Wayne and like mm-hmm. how does he interact in society? You know, in the Nolan films, we get Bruce comes in with multiple mm-hmm. ladies and they go to the restaurants and they mess around and stuff. So they feel obligated to share those moments. And to drive the home that he's not, he's not doesn't like this, and how everybody perceives him publicly. Um, there were small moments mentioned in this without having to delay and like go into that. You mm-hmm. know, we um, we didn't have to um, um, see the larger scale. Um, like I felt like we stayed focused on the mystery and the murders. We didn't Mm -hmm. have to, you know, There's a throwaway line by Alfred, like, I can teach you to fight, you know, so we get like, okay, Alfred taught him some Mm -hmm. martial arts or whatever, but we don't have to, yeah, we don't have to see like where all the training training came from. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have to see where, how, we didn't have to see him come up with and make the bat suit and like, where does he get the what were the resources and like some strange like splunking excuse for why we have this suit and like, you know, all this stuff, it just was there and you can accept it. It didn't Mm -hmm. have, we didn't waste time, which is funny because that was one of my critiques is it was too long. Yes. It was still too long. I agree.
1: I agree. There, there was a point where I did sit there thinking like, Boy, we better be in the end game right now because this has been taking a while. You know, like I definitely like even glanced at my watch, like, okay, like I need this to hustle. So yeah. It it did get a little long.
0: Like we could have probably cut an action sequence or two and been mm-hmm. fine. You know, mm-hmm. I like I think to try to find uh renato says batman walks slow as hell <laughs> uh hence the long movie i mean you know but i'm okay that they were he did right walk slowly taking... into a room <laughs> yes I, I but i i like i like that i like the um um the intention i like this the holding certain shots for a while Coming at the penguin in the car upside down, like I like those moments, so I don't mm-hmm. want to lose those moments. that's for sure, mm-hmm. but maybe maybe a few less of them or something like that. I don't know, yeah, but um, I also like that it's um he's working with the cops, though there was friction there. So mm-hmm. often we get in the movies where Batman is, they go with that theme of Batman's the bad guy too. You know, Batman mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing this or whatever. So we're going to, you know, the cops are shoot him on site kind of thing. And right. this, he was like, clearly had a, a relationship built with Jim Gordon. He like stuck up for consultant. him. <laughs> yeah. And so he could be on the crime scene and stuff. And I, I liked that as well.
1: Yeah. I will take a moment here to jump in and say this points to one of my critiques of the film. And it's a it's a light critique, um, but something that I, I hope is maybe made clearer going forward, because now it does sound like there will be a sequel. Um, I, I had a hard time placing exactly where this was in in Batman's development. So clearly we're not getting an origin story here. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're obviously not in mm-hmm. the very, very early days of Batman. He's been established. But it was tricky to me to, to place where he was in being the Batman because there were certain things that made it sound like he'd been the Batman for quite a while. Two years. Um, two years.
0: They mentioned this was year two.
1: This was year 2. Okay, so that that still doesn't feel like it rings true for me in terms of how long he's been the Batman because we've and and this will be, you know, again potentially a big spoiler, but that's why we have the nice big red spoilers on our screen. Um the the fact that he's already gone up against the Joker and put him away seems very early you know, very early in his career to do that.
0: Well, we don't know that though. We don't, I mean, we get the, we get the T that's the the
1: intimation. So if we, if we take that, that, that the Joker has already been put away and that he has a reference and Matt Reeves has a reference in a scene that he said he cut where um, Batman, you know, is visiting the Riddler and gets to see the Joker and the Joker says, Oh, it's coming up on our anniversary. So he's already gone up against the Joker and put him away.
0: Maybe that's why they pull it, though, because pull that scene, you know, because
1: it's problematic to me, because, yeah, I mean, it really it really kind of spun me into thinking, like, where is this in his time frame? He's early, but he's already gone up against the Joker. Like, he's very cynical about being Batman. And he said, you know, like, I don't have an effect and I can't see that I'm what I'm doing is any meaning. But then he is still keeping the journal of like, you know, the experiment of him being Batman and what effect it has. So there was some very back and forth, like, how long exactly have you been doing this? And why are you so jaded and experienced? And yet in other arenas, you seem, you know, so green yet. You know, why is Mm. your relationship with the Gotham PD established? But also the Gotham PD is like, oh, we don't trust you and we don't like you working with us. So, yeah, you know, it it was just hard to place sometimes. I got different signals at different points in the movie.
0: Well, like Renato said, maybe he's not quite the Joker. I was thinking that too. It's like maybe he's not really. Right.
1: He's still criminal. I was trying to find excuses you know? in my mind. Like, it's kind of an insane you know, person. Right. He's not he's quite not. the established legendary Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe everybody in this movie is really young. Like, Paul Dano as the Riddler is pretty young. I mean,. Robert Pattinson as Batman. He's clearly not, like, old, established Batman, but he's also not, like, you know, the origin story, but he could be a younger version of Batman.
0: Mm-hmm. It, was,
1: it was hard sometimes in my mind to, like, place where I was trying to situate along a time. Yeah, and line. especially
0: if you're going through and, 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 like, you can miss the one line saying about year two or whatever. I don't remember mm-hmm. what point that was or whatever. But, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he could Clearly is he's to me, I read it as he's been, he's decided to go down this path and mm-hmm. he hasn't, he's still like saying he's vengeance. He's still very like kind of cold and, um, obsessive,
1: uh, mm-hmm. at this
0: point. And so he has not found, cause it's part of the contention. We find he has not found that balance. We, as he talks about with Alfred, like, not doing the philanthropy work, not mm-hmm. showing up ever in public ever. You know, Falcone says, "Oh, the one person that's more reclusive than I am." You know, right? Um, so he's it feels fresh that he is, he's here. So he's been doing this, by and being it feels the like he's just been, yep. And so I mm-hmm. think that you know, going forward, it's it's a way for him to start trying to find a balance or whatever. You know, and sure. He, you know, he Which has the thing
1: yeah, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. territory to explore in further movies. I felt like it was a smart move in this movie to not see much of Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne because I felt like he made a better Batman than a Bruce Wayne um yeah. but i but I could be persuaded to change my mind maybe further along. right now. Yep. he just feels so young and so angsty that I'm kind of glad that I didn't see a lot of Bruce Wayne, and maybe i'll yep. I'll be more appreciative. You know, of a Bruce Wayne that's like trying to find his way into, you know, experiencing normal life as much as he can, obviously, while hiding the secret of being yep. Batman.
0: Because to me, that's something I've never really seen in um, in Batman as well is the young Bruce. He's not a child, mm-hmm. he's not like been he's doing not a man Batman thing for long, Right. He's 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 young yet. Being Bruce Wayne, like the person He's a young that, adult. yeah, yeah, because they try to do that. I think in the Dark Knight, but it's like I don't, I don't buy it. Christian Bale, you know, like try to still, do what the the I'm young Bruce Wayne, acclimating to being in Gotham and making uh, appearances yeah. and running, yeah. being on the at the board meetings and all that stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I know you're, like, a 40-year-old man that, you know. Right.
1: No, I I, I see where you're coming at. Um, So I think what they do there is they're trying to be like Bruce Wayne's coming back to Gotham and being reintroduced to Gotham society and, like, sitting on the yeah. board when he's been, like, away partying and whatnot in his younger days. I mean, they clearly don't treat him like he's a college kid or anything. But they... Right. But they do make it seem like he's younger than he is, where they just sort of should have leaned into like, he is a man. He is clearly like, like you said, he's like late 30s, maybe 40. So his awkwardness and his like reintroduction to to society should have just been like, I was away in Europe, blah, 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 rather than like, I don't know how all of this works. Like, you know, what's my Mm -hmm. trust fund doing? You know, he's not that much of a playboy party animal so Uh, yeah so i i i see where you're coming from i think they just like misplayed that a little bit mm -hmm. conflating coming back to gotham with being young
0: Mm -hmm. um so you're gonna have to bring the things that that you don't like because i have a a further list of things that i do like (laughs) i mean okay i like um uh renato mentioned it like the batmobile a lot I thought it has the right kind of blend between the animated series Batmobile, but with Mm -hmm. like a Mad Max car, Um, the way it like screams when the jet engine element of it like starts up was really good. Um, I'm a big fan of I like the music, some of the themes uh, were good. Some of the creepy violins that go back and forth are nice.
1: Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you right there because okay. we we can definitely talk about like th- those are two things that I didn't like ish. Um the music the music overall I actually liked. There were one or two scenes where Ro- Robert Pattinson was doing like a voiceover and the music got like a little emo y for me, and I was like, nah, I don't really need this right now. Um, I like the score of the movie, but those two voiceovers, I can't remember what song they were singing. Um, It just got like, oh, this is so angsty right now. Oh, I, I love that lie. song.
0: I was like, this is like, um, <sighs> it is felt very Smashing Pumpkins or it
1: did. Um,
0: something. I to feel like me, they mentioned like, Kurt
1: Cobain or something at one point in the lyrics. Maybe, yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, I actually didn't like that. Um I felt like it was a lot. It was leaning into I was already like sold on he's like very angsty and he's got you know like emo hair and you know there's a lot going on in there and then to have the voiceover with that song in particular <laughs> i just i felt like it was a lot if you uh, loved it then great like yeah, you know that's yeah. no, that it, that yeah. hit for you it just it just didn't <laughs> mm-hmm. hit for me yeah um for yeah. the batmobile i actually preferred Batman on the motorcycle. I love that he rode the motorcycle for the majority of this movie. I feel like that is something that's been underdone in a lot of the movies. Um, You know, the fact that, like, I I vividly remember cartoons, not only with him in the Batmobile, but also riding a motorcycle. And I just, I felt like it fit in this movie. It fit especially because Catwoman also rode a motorcycle. So it was very, like, creating this pairing um you know and the two of them working together and then diverging in their in their paths so i appreciated that more than i appreciated the batmobile i i liked elements of the batmobile i just wanted it i just wanted a little bit more i don't know flash in it sure. i wanted a little bit more like Old school, I didn't need like, yeah, I didn't need like bat wings or like, you know, a fin coming off it or anything, because that wouldn't to have that here and then not have like the Riddler in a green suit with question marks would be like, okay well, you know, where's our camp line here? Um, But I just wanted something a little bit more distinctive, I think, for for a Batmobile. So but maybe I'm jumping the gun and maybe this is something that happens again in a later movie that we Mm -hmm. kind of make it less car and more Batmobile.
0: Sure. I mean, it ties into what I think is one of the things I appreciate most about this movie is this is in my mind, it, it manages to be stylistic and larger than life Mm -hmm. in ways while also being the most grounded and realistic Batman we've, we've gotten, I think Mm -hmm. the, between the suits and the Batmobile and what Catwoman wears and the, the different villains and everything it, it managed because Christopher Nolan was go to me, went for realism in a lot of ways. And it it got us what we got from Bane and stuff, you know, a guy that's like shorter than Batman. that's just a muscular Mm -hmm. dude, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, we had a Batmobile that he would like go down in and face the front and lay flat to like a gunner mode. And then it would like leap over buildings and stuff. And somehow the massive weight wouldn't crush and just fall through the roofs everywhere. And it's again, and it's excuse that Wayne enterprise was experimenting with a bridge yeah. building thing. And then it splits, he moves and becomes a motorcycle. Yeah. Like all these things. They're not it all you're, you're giving me this realistic Gotham and you're mm-hmm. filling with all stuff stuff has no elements of realism at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I really appreciated that this one felt a lot Real. more grounded, not only mm-hmm. and also in performances like um, Christopher Nolan is a great director, but in a movie like Batman, there are lines occasionally that are really um, unnecessary. They're they're ex exposition heavy. And sometimes mm-hmm. their delivery is not the greatest and so it kind of like brings down the seriousness level and i think that performances for characters that could potentially be very over the top were very solid in this mm-hmm. and then the technology matched too mm-hmm. so
1: yeah i so i hear what you're saying about like um christopher nolan's Slash Christian Bale's Batmobile for sure. There were functionalities that felt like leaps. What I appreciated about that was its form, not necessarily that I believed in all of its function. I be- I appreciated the form because it wasn't just like a car on the street. You know, you know, it was yeah, different, right. and it wasn't like again like something with fins you know, wings on it and something crazy, but it was distinctive enough to be like, there's the Batmobile, like, you know, not just a guy driving like a souped up charger down the highway. Um, Now, now am I stretching and exaggerating a little bit for the sake of my argument? Yes, I am. Obviously he's not just (laughs) driving a charger down the highway, but you know, when, when Christian Bale's Batmobile was coming after you, it's nobody else's like you can't even for a split second be like the headlights behind me, maybe somebody else. Whereas right. you could with this one. And that's that's fine for now. But again, I just hope maybe in a future movie we can do something a little bit more d- distinctive to signal like here's the Batmobile because it's just such yep. a moment when you see it behind you that it's like for villains. It's just, oh, shit. Here he is.
0: Yep. Um, so talking about some of the characters, um, uh, Catwoman, big yeah. role in this. Uh, yep, Zoe She's on screen, yeah. Um, you know, she's she made some headlines saying some stuff before the movie came out, and you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And usually, I uh, just uh, best of these guys just keep their mouths shut, mm-hmm. but. In seeing the film, like I was pretty happy with the performance and the way that uh, she was portrayed. She felt mm-hmm. very genuinely Catwoman to me. Um, mm-hmm. I will make it clear that no one can beat the Michelle Pfeiffer and the way that that is done. Mm-hmm. But for a more realistic Batman, um, I thought that she did pretty damn well, and definitely the best we've seen mm-hmm. Catwoman in a long time because mm-hmm. we got Catwoman as you know Halle Berry being Catwoman. Oof. That's a sad state of things. <laughs> and then we had um, Anne Hathaway, uh, Anne Hathaway, which was not, I don't put it on her exactly, but she was shoehorned in and totally wasted in The Dark Knight Rises. Um, yeah, so. I have a
1: lot of mixed feelings about her. Um I thought she was Better than I thought she was going to be, and then also not great because her role was hampered. Oh, you know, okay. like like you said, like I, I w- I had the probably like super zero ground zero expectations for Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. Um, oh, you so Anne Hathaway? Okay. Yeah, exactly. So oh. she was better than I had thought she was, but the role itself, again, like you said, was limited. Not necessarily by her and her acting, but by the role that was written.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, to address Zoe Kravitz and what she was talking about, um I kind of I I don't know the story. And she herself said, you know, I, I was not allowed to audition for Christopher Nolan. I don't know whether, you know, their oh, remark about her. I wasn't her sure needs which were...
0: comment she'd made a few.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so I, about- I, I So, you know, the remark about her being too urban, she said, you know, I don't know if it came from Christopher Nolan, I don't know who it came from, you know, I don't want to ascribe it to any one person, but that's what I was told when I wasn't allowed. I, I can't comment on that, because I I have no idea where that came from, and like who that came from. What I will comment on is, I think, in the end, she is in the better role for her and the better movie for her as Catwoman. She as Catwoman, I don't think would have paired well with Christian Bale. Now, have I seen them on screen and can I make that definitive comment? No, I can't because I haven't in my mind. She fits better in this younger version of Batman, And I felt like her chemistry with Pattinson would have been better than is better than any potential chemistry she might have had with bail. My opinion. I believe
0: now. she came out and clarified. And I was, I was glad she oh, okay, did. Okay, sure, it sure. Because, because the first allegation, the headlines everywhere is like, you know, Zoe Kravitz claims r- racism for not being allowed into Christopher Nolan's films. Or whatever.
1: Right, right.
0: She cleared up to that. Like, I'm not calling. Christopher Nolan, a yeah. racist, because mm-hmm. I don't know where this came from exactly. And also, right. I don't think she was auditioning for Catwoman. It was not, she. Catwoman was never a role that was up for her in the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm, it was see. for something, some completely different role in the movie. And so, what would it whatever, have been, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I can find her comments um
1: yeah that would be interesting because my 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 whole thought process was based on her like potentially auditioning for catwoman and i just i just didn't see that you know
0: and i think that's the assumption that media wanted people to go to and i think her comments weren't particularly clear to begin with and uh i think it got cleared up um okay yeah
1: yeah, I'd be interested to know what role she was potentially going for then because, yeah, to my mind, I just didn't think she and Christian Bale would have fit in any no, capacity. No, she'd be
0: way too young. Way too yeah. young. Let's see. Responds to public discussion. Um Let's see. Um one of the most. Um, however, Kravitz revealed she also auditioned for another Batman film, having been rejected from an audition for The Dark Knight Rises. The actor said she was told by someone associated with film, though not Nolan himself, that she was mm. too urban to be cast. Kravitz later said that hearing this and uh, being a woman color was really hard, not following the discussions, Ryan's mm-hmm. his comments, issued a statement clarifying her experience. Um, I was not told, quote, I was not told I was too urban to play Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. It would have made no sense for me to even be considered for that role at that time. I mm-hmm. wanted to audition for a small part in the film and was told, I do not know who said this, but this was how it was worded to me, that they were not going urban for the part. This mm. is something I heard a lot 10 years ago. Mm. Um, so she was not auditioning okay. for Catwoman okay. in those films. Um, okay.
1: That makes a lot more sense then because... Yeah.
0: And you can see how it got out of hand because it's like... Yeah. You would, you it's know, so
1: vague yeah. that yeah, you would automatically yeah. make the connection in the mind because, of course, she's playing Catwoman right now, so right, yeah, yep. Maybe, maybe it was um Anne Hathaway's like roommate, you know, yeah, it, was, yeah, that, oh, yeah, like younger right. roommate or something that could have been it. Um, because I, I was trying to, I was trying to like quickly go in my mind, like what were smaller female roles. I mean, but did that, you know, she know she who was to was for.
0: at the time, you know when Dark Knight Rises came out, like which she's now she's blown up. Yeah. Then not so much. So she'd be auditioning for something small. It could be a throwaway thing. Yeah. She,
1: yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I was trying to like walk the middle ground of like, what could she audition for? That's not too small, but like smaller. Um, cause so yeah, she could have even been, you know, just auditioning for like a waitress at the, you know, party at the Wayne Manor. Um, and it would have been, you know, whatever. I don't know, but yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever she auditioned for. I guess it was not Catwoman, so yeah. Which, which yep. you're right. Everybody's right. She's right. Wouldn't have made any sense. It would have been terrible. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, um, and it, and it would have wasted her because if that yeah. was the case, you again, Catwoman. We could never now. Written. Yeah. Right. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um.
0: So. Yeah,
1: I wrote that she was. Um, a few things I, you know, I put her under the category, a few things I was neutral, positive, or just thought were interesting because she made me feel a lot of different feelings in the movie. Not that Zoe Kravitz didn't do a good job because I thought she did a really great job, but just the role, um, I, I said, I was, I was having a hard time placing my reaction, which probably meant that she was a very complex and dynamic character who I wasn't always supposed to like or dislike. Um, So, that you know, she was well written in this in this role. Um, I liked her storyline. I liked her purpose, you know, trying to find her friend slash girlfriend and how she kind of came into contact with Batman that way. And they could sort of team up, but they weren't solidly working towards the same end goal, which meant that they could still have conflict with one another. Um, but sometimes I wasn't clear on when she was, you know, doing things to find her friend or when she was doing things to steal money, you know, like there was that meetup outside Mm -hmm. where they were like tracking, um, and she, tracking like, uh, the penguin and, and his men and she was just sort of like seeming like, like in it for the money and then just sort of happened to stumble on, her dead friend. And it was just, it was just such a weird scene because she was so focused on the money that I was just like, I didn't feel like that was a goal before. And now suddenly like you're back to being like a petty thief with Mm -hmm. no larger, you know, there was just some incongruence there. Not that it it totally tore down my total enjoyment of her, but it just inconsistencies, small things sometimes that threw me.
0: It made it where, again, like we talked earlier, how two things can be true at the same time. I think that mm-hmm. she was definitely in it for her friend, but at the same time, um, didn't have any, you know, at the same time needs money, doesn't have any uh, qualms with dealing from these people, needing them to pay, you know, kind of being vengeful, wanting all these people to pay um, and while still wanting to know where her, her friend is.
1: Yeah, it just – it felt like a little – disingenuous As strong, but a little off to me that after seeing her friend die, that she had the presence of mind to still, like, pick up the money as she motorcycled off. You know what I mean? That she was hmm. still so focused on, like, I'm still going to steal from them to make them pay to, like, get the money. I don't know. I just I, – it's it's the thing that I was talking about earlier where I was having a hard time placing Batman in his timeline. There are just some moments in this movie that felt a little flip-floppy on, mm. like, what our motivation is. Where's our timeline? Like, I'm not quite sure where you're trying to place him. I'm not quite sure where her motivation is right now. That didn't completely take me out of the movie, but there were sort of, like, mental mental breaks that I was just like, oh, that's interesting.
0: Yeah. And Catwoman has varied a lot through the years. Um, you know, she's definitely not out of the game of let's make every villain a good guy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So she's, you know, it's a definitely a discussion like how bad or how good is she? And mm-hmm. so I was okay with this because Catwoman isn't a good person, but mm-hmm. you but she's not all bad either. you know, you're supposed to be able to like yeah. to understand, you know, and like, that's what they do so well with Catwoman uh, in Batman returns, you know, but they play off of her being crazy more. She's broken, you know, she's, mm-hmm. she is cracked. And mm-hmm. so I like that take. And this is more, I'm, I'm trying to get by and I'm kind of, uh, you know, hating the world that I've found myself in, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't have any strong figures in my life anymore so that I've developed properly. I've made all kinds of terrible choices. I'm going to keep making those terrible choices. And there's a little Mm -hmm. bit of a a break here where, you know, her and Batman learn a little bit from one another, you know, Mm -hmm. so maybe she leaves a little better person, but.
1: Well, and it fits, I think, with this Batman being geared younger, you know, she hasn't mm-hmm. had the the time to have a full backstory of things happen to her that have made her go crazy or, you know, have a have a mental break. Um, you know, she's she's still young and she's in the midst of terrible things happening to her and making terrible choices in reaction to those terrible things and terrible scenarios in which she's found herself. Um, but there's not the finality of, you know. I'm this far along and, you know, so much of my life has led me here. There's still Mm -hmm. time yet. It feels like. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree that I liked the ambiguity of her character here. You know, she's not good, but she's not bad. I mean, she had good moments, you know, she very selflessly goes to save Robert Pattinson, you know, our Batman in the kind of final scenes here. um, you know, she she wants to root out corruption. Um, she just <laughs> she just doesn't want them, you know, these corrupt individuals like the dirty the crooked cop and Falcone to pay through the justice system. She wants to enact her own sense of justice. So yeah, moral ambiguity, but very interesting character. While I'm on that, I I liked the reveal of her parentage in this movie. Uh, It was a great twist, but again, it pulled me out a little bit considering her previous interactions um, with Carmine and, and his reactions to her. Um, It just sort of like pulled me out a little bit of like, wait, so she knew this whole time and she interacted with him, you know, very differently than I would have expected someone who knows that this is her father to react so I, mm. I, I don't know. It was a good reveal, but but looking back at some of their interactions with one another felt, um again, just that titch bit <clears> off.
0: <throat> yeah, I, I liked the way that they interacted and that she kind of like, I didn't, when I realized too, that she kept it from him and he didn't know that she was his daughter. Mm-hmm. Because... I thought maybe that he did. And so then the interactions were odd, like that, you know, this is the kind of relationship, but at the same time, like, Oh, well, I guess that's sort of, you know, but I, she was able to hold a bit of power over him yet in her head. Mm -hmm. I think in a way that she is able to keep this from him and Mm -hmm. then know, see how he reacts without that knowledge, you know, like Mm -hmm. how, what kind of person is this? How is he going to treat me when he doesn't know? what I am. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I liked, I liked the dynamic, um, there and I don't know how else she would respond actually, unless she wanted to like, Hey, I'm your daughter Mm -hmm. and, you know, treat me well, like take care of me kind of thing or something like that. But I think that she was burnt and she has enough pride or whatever that she's not going to do that given he didn't care at all when she was a child. She sure. Just left and didn't.
1: Yeah, I just in the in the way that I watched the movie and, and watched performances. Um, to me, it felt a little bit like Zoe Kravitz wasn't maybe in on the secret until it was revealed and she played mm. it that way. Where hmm. it, Okay. It just didn't feel as intentional to me in her performance that, you know, she was holding back. Could be just my impression of the film. And in again, maybe if I watch it again, I'll kind of see more nuance in her performance that I missed or, you know, a, some hint that I kind of, you know, didn't quite pick up on. Um, but yeah, just just her portrayals and her interactions with him felt a little bit more innocent to me. Pre secret v- reveal and then post secret reveal, obviously, whole different ball game.
0: So we should um, we should talk uh, a few other characters, highlights or lowlights mm-hmm. or whatever. And we got we got Gordon, Alfred, Penguin.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: them and them in particular, I think, uh, larger roles here. Yeah, um,
1: I want to start with Penguin because I want to give. Pride to that makeup department for hiding Colin Farrell under there and making him into the Penguin. Crazy. Forgot at least until halfway through the movie that that's who that was. So insane job. Amazing. I loved it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, uh... I can't say enough about that because that was just, so incredible. I just, I completely forgot. I was totally sunk into his performance and his look as the penguin. Um, if this HBO sh- series is truly moving forward, I am so, so excited to see more.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I didn't know that it was Colin Farrell, I would have no idea. Absolutely not. The whole time. That was insane. Accent, look, everything, Would mm-hmm. have no idea. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So. Yeah, he was kind of a major, minor player in this film. I think that was exactly the right type of role for him to have as kind of a facilitator and a very minor villain who gets away. Um, So, yeah, so I thought that the movie's treatment of him felt also just right.
0: Yeah. Gordon, um, Mm -hmm. so I I hesitate to say anything terrible about um, Gary Oldman, uh, his portrayal mm-hmm. of Gordon in Dark Knight mm-hmm. Trilogy. But I feel like if you could combine Gary, Gary Oldman's look with the, the way this Gordon was written,
1: mm-hmm. we'd have,
0: in my mind, basically the perfect Gordon. Because mm-hmm. Gary Oldman's Gordon um, always kind of struck me as a little bit too I don't know, timid. Um, mm. to be the person that then became Commissioner Gordon, and would sure. be the guy you know you used to kind of watch the animated sure. series or read the comics. This barrel chested guy, that he's run in charge of the department. Yeah, and though Gordon isn't commissioner in this one yet, he is. He feels more competent, forceful. Uh, pulls you know has some sway people trust him mm-hmm. and he contributes to the uh to the investigation and such mm-hmm. so i feel like it's a more competently written gordon than mm-hmm. we've had in any batman movie mm-hmm. i mean in the first few like gordon was it was, was nothing like commissioner gordon was mm-hmm. uh you know clearly whoever wrote them tim burton or whatever couldn't care less about who commissioner gordon was really he was like, right. a cop guy He's for this a role. Cop. yeah yeah and um and then gary oldman again the right look but sometimes the way he is written is just too timid or mousy or something you know
1: um yeah yeah it's hard to put my finger on what exactly that was um you're right about he leads. Like the teams of the cops, but he he's not he don't feel him as commissioner in gary mm-hmm. oldman's portrayal um and I don't know if that's timidness. I don't know if it's like idealism or naivete or you know they kind of touch a little bit in the Dark Knight Rises about his like lack of courage in you know denouncing Harvey Dent and like kind of participating in this cover up you know how sure. um. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is just so disappointed in him for, you know, selling out his ideals. It's hard to put a finger on what exactly that is, but he never – you're right. He never feels forceful, and he never feels like the kind of absolute commander of men, where Jeffrey Wright here has that potential. Um, He kind of ends up being in charge by default at the very, very end of the movie, even if he's not commissioner. And it feels natural for him to take that role. Um, yeah. So I, I liked his portrayal quite a bit. He's one of my favorite castings in this movie. Um, so yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was well done by Jeffrey Wright. Like you said, he's a partner. He sticks up for Batman, but doesn't it doesn't feel like he sells out the police department to do it. Like His, his officers still feel like his officers. Um, and he's got that natural kind of take charge. Attitude.
0: Yep, yep. Um. Okay. So there's uh Alan remind us we're we're at we're past two hours at this point. Okay. There's still like tons of stuff I I could say <laughs> about this movie probably. Um, of course. We'll probably get what is uh like more crucial said yet. Um. Anything that's that's hanging. Low hanging okay. fruit we have not yet plucked.
1: So, I think we should get to at least two things. Alfred. More I mean, okay. he's a he's actually a more minor part of this movie than I thought he was going to be. Um okay. but what did what did you think of him? Like what did you think of this Um Alfred? I was pretty happy
0: with uh, with Alfred. I thought that he was mm-hmm. um he, he, you know, he's sufficiently young to be Alfred for this younger Batman. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm
0: um i thought that he was seemed capable enough again helping he wasn't he's not just the guy like we see in the tim burton ones though i love that alfred where it's like well i'm bringing you favorite. some food and i do some yeah some funny quips here and there mm-hmm. or something i give some relationship advice you know all those kinds of things he he felt a little more integral in ways um and we see that the relationship still needs to like grow like again it, it reminds Mature. me of how, yeah how batman is at this point bruce is so um single-mindedly focused on the, on being batman and obsessive and i think alfred's going to be the thing that help kind of like bring him out of it we have the little relationship growth between the two of them and we have the moment where he's like, you can't go out without cufflinks, you know, like, what are you doing? And so he gives him his to use. And so I like, I like that kind of moment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, it, maybe smaller role than I thought, but I was happy with what I saw.
1: Same, same. I thought, uh, circus did a nice job. Um, in this role, i I had a hard time envisioning it when I first heard about this casting. But again, it's a nice introduction to the role for him that has potential to grow. like you said, he's obviously an integral part of this world, especially for Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Um, you know, even if it's just, you know, kind of quick one lines here and there, like I taught you how to fight. I knew your parents and, you know, I know this crucial piece of the storyline, even if I can't give you all the definitive answers about it. Um, so I was happy with it. Is he my favorite Alfred? No, but is he, you know, a good Alfred? Absolutely. Yes.
0: Okay. And what's the, uh, well, so there's one other thing we had.
1: Yes. I want to get to the bat suit. I mean, okay. Yeah. You know, obviously, everybody has opinions about everybody's bat suit. So, yeah, uh, I want to get to your thoughts on it. I had very, I would say, 75% positive feelings about it. Um, I liked the look of it, I liked the way that, um, you know, Pattinson like filled it out. I thought he did a good job of, you know, wearing the suit and it not too much wearing him. Um, I loved the way that the, like, Batarang was built into the symbol on his chest. That was so clever. There was just so many great, like, technology things about this suit that felt very, like, how much stuff can I pack in on a suit without just, like, carrying a utility belt? Like, how can I cleverly conceal additional weaponry and tools Mm -hmm. for myself? So that was really fun. The one thing that I wanted to say about it, it felt a little too bulletproof. He got shot a lot at close range, and nothing seemed to slow him down until that final shotgun blast, like directly to his chest. And I was a little like, "Come on!" Like he would have, he would have been slowed down by some of these bullets. Like nothing is that bulletproof. Yep. So that that was just a critique of mine.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll I'll use that to you know for bat suit thoughts and to lead into one thing where I had a, a couple issues.
1: Um yeah, please. so
0: one would be um yes, the bulletproof nature. Um so I think that ultimately I was a pretty big fan of the bat suit. I think I never liked the head shape they gave Christian Bale's Batman. Mm-hmm. Never sure. liked it. Always thought it looked bad. Um it felt Homemade and practical, but cool, mm-hmm. um, and uh, well thought out. Like you could see a lot of the tools and stuff on mm-hmm. them or whatever. You know, I like that a lot. So yeah, I I give the the bat suit. I don't know, at least a B. Like it was an it yeah. was good. Um, uh, I, I approve. No rubber um, nipples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, to so when I say that this film is like the most realistic Batman film we've got, that I stand by that. But there are a few things that that deviate or ruin that experience a little bit for me. One mm-hmm. is the bulletproof nature. It could be a little. It, he could still be relatively bulletproof, but they didn't have to do it so much. It was yes, a
1: lot. there was because just of the shooting.
0: concussive force of some of the rifle shots, uh-huh. you, you know, like so that's a little much. Um, two is there is no way in hell Zoe Kravitz is pulling a suited up R pats up a ledge, not happening, yeah, um, the looked heavy, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he was stark naked as long as he'd had to be helping a lot, you know, to make this happen in this moment. um, but then, on top of that, having the bat suit that's bulletproof mm-hmm. and everything, um. The next thing would be the uh, the car chase didn't have to be as insane. Semi is like flipping and stuff and all. Yeah, okay, that's you know whatever.
1: Also, how did the Penguins car win in a fight with a semi? I'm just saying. I
0: don't. I don't know. I don't know exactly know. He what like
1: happened. braked it was, and it hit it was, and it was like a thing that made a jackknife and I was like, the Penguins car is fine.
0: No, the, the no. Cha- it was cool, but it was a little confusing upon first watching what yes. exactly was happening there.
1: Yes, perhaps um, upon a second viewing, I will understand the mechanics. But on first, yeah. <laughs> it took me out a lot.
0: Batman uh, gliding off the roof was well done until his crash landing. It's like, well, everything's broken now. <laughs> um, and
1: he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just you know, walked away. away. But,
0: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It would hurt Um, a lot
1: more. That was that was a significant height and crash to fall from like crash into and then height to fall from.
0: Yes. So and they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to do that scene like that's the thing. They didn't have to. It's always frustrating when there's something that, it's I understand it's difficult for you to have what you want to happen happen. And it seems unbelievable and not possible. So you you feel pushed in that corner. He could have just landed. It would have been fine. We didn't need to see him like biff it so hard. So,
1: Or he could have biffed it, but like not on a truck.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have to
1: hit a truck and crash. He could have just like not quite landed right.
0: Yeah, right. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then uh, there was one more pretty unrealistic thing that I can't think of at the moment. Mm -hmm. But... All in all, pretty good, but there was those are a few of things that I just like kind of took away the believability for me a little bit.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: Of this, sure. But, um, speaking of believability,
1: also, oh no, go ahead.
0: Oh, I just want to say that I really appreciate that, though this is more realistic. I really like the design of like Wayne Enterprises, like the house inside mm. there, very gothic. Very like it, 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 just it said Batman to me. I like that. I appreciate that a lot. It was like, I've never seen a place like this that would be modernly used. So I like that. And the city itself, the feel and vibe of the city was sufficiently mm-hmm. grimy, realistic, but also the way it was shot creates a, a stylistic choice that makes it feel a little larger than life. Mm-hmm. And versus the like, bland, boring of Nolan's Gotham It had no Nolan's Gotham had no personality. It's just here's Chicago, you know, and this felt elevated in a way. So,
1: okay. So I'm, I'm going to address those two things because this is hilarious to the first, I actually hated Wayne Manor. No, I, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. Um, I just was like, nobody lives here. Nobody lives in this house with its like drippy, hangy, viney. I
0: want to live in that house.
1: I, I just, I was like, I don't know who designs this house. It felt very like, like, I don't know. Like there aren't rooms here. This is just like a space. Dracula
0: designed this house.
1: Maybe. Uh, (laughs) we all know how that turned out. Um. But, like, when he was coming down to, like, a breakfast table that seemed to be, like, floating in a hall in the middle of nowhere with, like, those, like, big windows with, like, the archy vines hanging down, I was like, this is somebody's breakfast room? Like, what's happening here? Does somebody live in this house? I and don't know. I hope it just he has
0: a room just for breakfast.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm probably taking that too literally. <laughs> thank, <Yeah. laughs> thank you for checking my my breakfast. You know, kind no, of
0: I want that obsession. to be. A thing. I want, I but
1: want. it just it just felt like this this wasn't connected to any part of a real home that people used. Now, when he wakes up in bed and there's like an actual room there, when he goes into his parents' rooms, like sure, that felt like a house to me. But I didn't see how those rooms connected to what we saw from Alfred and um, Bruce Mm -hmm. having a discussion about like, you have to go to the board meeting. No, I don't. Um, So those felt like two completely separate houses. So maybe I just have to see more of the inside of Wayne Manor to understand how the architecture works. But again, it was one of those disparate things that to me um, and maybe not to other people felt like they didn't quite marry with one another. So. Uh, That was, that was the problem I had with Wayne Manor. It just felt like kind of two different spaces that I wasn't sure how they worked together inside the house. Um, To your city point, I completely agree with you. This Gotham felt a lot more like vibrant, a lot more alive, but also a lot dirtier at the same time, you know, like, especially when we are like entering the world of the nightclub, like. It's gritty and alive and vibrant and wrong, but there's personality here. There's something, there's energy, and it just kind of like spills out over into the city. I do have to say, when they were riding out from like the bridges of Gotham, I was definitely like, it's a bridge. That's exactly the same bridge. You know what I mean? Like it just Mm. like, it just sort of like shot me back into like, God, I feel like I saw this exact same scene in Dark Knight Rises where somebody like Mm. crosses the bridge and it's the exact same bridge and the exact same cityscape. But when you get into the cityscape, it felt very different.
0: Sure. Yep.
1: And I liked it a lot better, but it was just funny. That very outside look felt very similar.
0: Yep. All right. So. Um, maybe we will have future conversation. Well, I'm sure we will when we bring up Batman Well, for future conversations about Absolutely. this film and something like that. Um, but we should talk a little bit like you know, because there's been a lot of Batman films. You found this thing from Screen Rants. It's like mm-hmm. their ranking of every Batman film worst to best. Yeah. So I can I can rattle this off quick and then we can like get our personal takes a little bit. I know how does this movie fit in? You kind of teased us earlier about, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting in your top five. But uh, was it better than that or not? Mm -hmm. So according to Screen Rant, they give uh, from worst to best. Mm -hmm. Batman and Robin. Batman v Superman. Batman from 1966. Mm -hmm. Batman Forever. The Dark Knight Rises. Batman the mask of the phantasm the animated film Mm -hmm. Batman 1989 Batman Begins the Batman Batman Returns and the Dark Knight
1: Mm one
0: so that's screen rants list
1: I'm gonna flip the script and ask you
0: okay so like where does this fall in line for me yeah
1: yeah especially I guess among those films of what you've seen
0: yeah, because I don't expect well, that s- you've
1: seen all of them. I don't know.
0: Oh, uh, I've seen all of them except for Batman v Superman.
1: Okay, yep. Mm-hmm.
0: So um same that movie. I mean, default because of that flick and the whole. I just I don't know. I just it's gonna be last. That's just solid. You know, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I'll see it and change my mind sometime. But um, so. To definitively say where this falls, I'm definitely gonna have to see it again. Um, mm-hmm. but my top Batman film is generally speaking, Batman Returns. Mm, okay. Um number two being Batman Forever, the controversial mm-hmm. pick. And I this list here you, has you and it I way both. You-
1: I know. Yeah. You and I both love Batman forever way more than this list does. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and most people, but and most, most people, people can yeah. be wrong. You know, that's fine. Um, yeah, this movie to me in the Batman sphere, it's gotta be, I just saw it yesterday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the hype yeah. is real. For yeah. Us, no.
1: Yeah. I,
0: I have to say that. I think it's probably, it's, it's either the Dark Knight or this next. Okay. So that would put it in third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, I over time, some of the sheen of the of the Christopher Nolan films has worn off.
1: Mm-hmm. Ultimately,
0: I think they did a good job of creating a nice trilogy there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- but I think that it's honestly Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker that drives home what the Dark Knight is. It falls in a number of other places. They really waste Harvey Dent and Two-Face. I should say Two-Face. He should have been saved for the next movie, and he wasn't. Um, complete waste of that villain. And some of the exposition-heavy things I talked about before, and the Batman voice, uh, Christian Bale, got so ridiculous going, mm-hmm. meme-heavy. Um, so I don't know. I have my issues. Like, as much as I like them, I have my issues now. Mm-hmm. Um, with some of the Nolan films, so I'm mm-hmm. going, Batman returns Batman forever, the Batman Dark Knight bat original Batman Tim Burton mm-hmm. um and then then Batman begins, then Dark Knight rises and then Batman and Robin. Those are the ones, you know, so like I didn't put in mask of the phantasm because I need to see that again. It's been years. Mm-hmm. I sure. don't remember. Well, same enough. Um, Batman 1966 As fun as it is. That's not the Batman for me. So and honestly, Batman and Robin, I could place higher in terms of my enjoyment factor.
1: But in terms of
0: good movie, no. uh,
1: in terms of quality, yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a difference between being entertained and recognizing like this is a good movie because you can have good bad movies. Yeah, but they're still bad.
0: So what? What? How about you? What do you? You know? Am I wrong? I be, what do you, where's yours go? Yeah.
1: No, I would be. I think very close on on what you've said. Um, I think there are there are differences in in where we rank things, but I'm very close on this. Um, for me, The Dark Knight is number one. Doesn't necessarily have to do with Batman. No, it doesn't. Um, it's a lot of Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, and and just the whole experience of that movie for me, um, I just remember seeing it and sitting in the theater and just being like, oh my God like nobody talked to me for at least 10 minutes. I just I have this feeling about this movie. I need to think, I need to process and feel and it was just amazing. I loved it start to finish. So that's my number 1 for sure. Uh Batman Returns would be my number 2. Um I I really love that movie and it's it's hard. It's a hard choice to make, but it's it's so right up there. It's number 2. Um I would say Batman Forever is my number three. I I love everything about that movie. I love the camp. It hits all the right notes. I mean, you and I have talked about why we love this movie more than other people do. And I do. Um, the Batman, for me, probably comes in at number four right now. Again, could that change over time? Could I, you know, upon further reflection and... And seeing other Batmans again, maybe place it at number five. If I wanted to switch it with, um, Batman Begins, maybe. But right now it's number four, followed by Batman Begins, then The Batman. And then my kind of my list becomes a little, like, yeah, meh, I don't like, really know. Yeah. You know, kind of drops off into, you know, I think maybe this goes here, but, like, I haven't seen, um mask of the phantasm in a really long time i haven't seen even batman v superman so i guess last um batman and robin like i do enjoy the camp but is it a good movie would i have to see it again and see mask of phantasm again to like place it where it goes i don't know so i don't really i don't know i'm i've kind of taken the easy way out by not delineating after that but that's i would say where where my top goes So, yeah, the Batman is definitely in my top five at a solid four. It's just not quite cracking my top three.
0: Sure. I mean, we we go hard on DC movies a lot um, Mm -hmm. and deservedly so, I'd say. But at the same time, you look at this list and you talk about this. I mean, Batman with Jack Nicholson as the Joker maybe doesn't make it into our top five Batman movies. Mm-hmm. Like that movie is amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a
0: great movie. And as time goes on, I appreciate more and more Jack Nicholson's portrayal of the Joker. Yeah. I like, again, the Tim Burton aesthetic, the Prince soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a really good movie. And so it speaks to the gen general quality of this, of, This character on the big screen. Mm -hmm. I think that um a movie like that can be halfway down the list. And um, you know, ultimately I'm pretty happy that one of the best American comic book characters has gotten the adaptations that it has. And um with to me, no signs of like really slowing down. You know, there's still Mm -hmm. there's still room for different versions of what feels like Batman still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's really cool. And um, and I tell you, I will I will re- watch a lot of these movies. Repeatedly, oh, mm-hmm. and I have over the years, whereas Marvel stuff, I almost never rewatch them. I there is almost never a Marvel movie that I watched more than once. Um, I you know. I've seen the Guardians movies more than once. hmm And.
1: I see the Avengers movies more than once. Just,
0: I, I it's, couldn't care it's fun less.
1: To, I find, I, well, they, I mean, they replay them so often on TV that, you sure. know, sometimes I, I just kind of catch them. But I do find it enjoyable to, in in a way, it feels like you can catch up with all of them at the same time. Like, you don't have to go watch mm. their individual movies to just, like, remember, like, what's going sure. on with them. You know, so it's kind of weirdly nice that way to just like one fell swoop, like right there's Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, sure. all you know. Um, so that's <laughs> that's kind of fun. Um, but what the thought that just occurred to me as you were saying that is, I feel like Marvel and DC have opposite problems in the sense of Marvel has a really hard time with Spider Man. Their reboots of Spider Man are very frustrating and very like soon after one another and they're not always satisfying and they don't feel like they get it right so they keep rebooting spider-man and they have great success with a lot of the rest of their canon of superheroes dc feels like they have so many great batmans like it's, i was nervous about this one coming out because i was nervous about like another batman and where it could go and how it how terribly wrong it could go in the light of other dc movies um but they feel like they've really got so many great batmans and then they have a lot of problems with the rest of their canon of superheroes just a thought that occurred to me right now maybe upon further reflection and further fleshing out that doesn't hold true but just in talking about this right now it feels like there's some really great stuff happening there and they're having a lot of issues with their other superheroes.
0: Well, I will, I would, I would tweak that in, in, so the kind of general principle be holding true, but like the, with different examples. So Spider-Man, I mean, the reason we got that is because for a while it was Sony's, it was Sony's job. Sony held the rights. So Sony was the one that was failing at, 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 Keeping that going, or you know, switching a lot, and so then when it got, you know, we're going to incorporate this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we get another one. Um, I will say though that I think that DC has managed to take standalone movies and make some really good ones. You know, I would put some of these Batman movies above anything Marvel has done over the course of the last decade plus. But Batman, right. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, like Batman is their core that they keep doing well. It's the other ones that they have problems with. And I'm just I'm just saying, like, I feel like broadly they have in their in their canons different problems. Like Marvel needs to figure out what the hell is going on with Spider-Man and DC needs to figure out what the hell is going on with everybody except Batman.
0: Well, Marvel's good at connecting them, keeping them together and on the same timeline and the, the, you mm-hmm. know, all that stuff. Whereas, whereas DC is good when they try not to do that. They mm-hmm. tell a standalone story. They tell a Joker movie. They tell, they have the Batman. This didn't need to tie into anything else in the DCEU to get watered down or to have to like fit into a, A tone or a whatever, like it can be its own thing and its own little series or whatever they make of it. Mm -hmm. And Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman is an amazing movie. I love the first Wonder Woman movie. Um, You love the first Wonder Woman movie. Yes, right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But so, like, they can have success with these things when they're on their own, if they, you know, at times, Um, but it's they just can never get the connected thing right you know.
1: Yeah, I guess I would I would go further and say like yeah, they can um again, like I'm going to I'm going to exclude Batman because I already feel like they do that well, so I'm just going to like leave it out and say they've they've had semi-success in other standalone movies. Wonder Woman I think was a great success. Wonder Woman 1984 not so much. When I look at other movies, it just doesn't it just doesn't become apparent for me, like the Superman mm-hmm. movies I didn't think worked out, um having not i guess seen Batman versus Superman um but yeah, and then i i I guess I like the flash more than I thought I would. I thought Aquaman was great fun, though not necessarily like a broadly great movie mm-hmm. um. I mean, it was okay. I don't know. It just, just, it just, Aquaman
0: more than most of the Marvel movies, too, honestly. I really Mm -hmm. had fun with that.
1: I had fun with Jason Momoa and his like all the elements, his old presence. Yeah. You know,
0: Amber Heard played the role well. I like, uh, what's Mm -hmm. his fate as uh, the competition there? Um, can't think of his name, you know, Patrick um, Wilson. Yes, Patrick Wilson, he's good yeah. in everything, you know, and uh, I just, you know, Willem Dafoe, Nicole Kidman, like it was a great cast, and I think that the movie just had had like Julie Andrews you want. actually but, as
1: the the creature thing was my <laughs> my top. Okay,
0: that was your favorite. Like,
1: <laughs> just just a random WTF casting for this you know, giant sea monster thing that was like, I'm going to get you all. That's Mary Poppins just crushing everybody.
0: (laughs) Renato says Aquaman was a poor man's Black Panther.
1: Whoa, shots fired.
0: Shots fired. I I disagree heavily. I think Black Panther is one of the most overrated of the Marvel films.
1: Ooh, I I disagree with overrated for sure. I loved Black Panther. Um, out of the, out of the, I mean, ooh, overrated is hard though. Like, because I like Black Panther way better than I like, say, Thor: Dark World. But nobody rates Thor: Dark oh, World yeah. very high. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I, yeah. yeah. So now I'm now I'm trying to figure out like how I how I talk about it in terms of like, do I like it more than most Marvel movies, or do I like it? because it's obviously better than a lot of bad Marvel movies. Um, right. Yeah. So, it, I mean, there's definitely nuance. I, I said a broad blanket statement, and there's definitely more nuance when you do look into, like, the movies that Marvel and DC have made. But I think I stand by um, the sense of, like, Marvel has a lot of shit figured out, they just need this, like, one character to have his solo movies get figured out. And DC has one character that they've figured out great solo movies for. They just need to figure out great group movies. And they do need to, like, kind of step up their game. We'll see now that they're, we're getting, like, a new roster of solo superhero movies if they figured those out, too. You know what I mean? Well, now they're delayed, getting, like, so well, now not they're... a good sign. But... <laughs> I know. Again, though, I don't really know what they're delayed for because they can't be yeah. reworking the whole GD movie at this point. No. Um, but yeah, we're going to get Black Adam. We're going to get Flash. You know, we're going to get movies. So we'll see if they've got something now figured out for solo superhero movies like they figured out with the Batman. They keep consistently doing Batman well. Can they now yep. shift that to other superheroes?
0: Yep. I don't know. All right. Well, we've uh, we've talked for over two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> we have we had, we had a lot of news stories. This was never
1: going to be stuff, short so about the Batman. Tangents,
0: no, it's never going to be short. No, that's right. And I definitely have more things to say. So, I mean, we're we're doing good the way it is, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that's been the Batman um, 2022s, Matt Reeves, the Batman, Edward Cullen. I saw a sign um, for a movie theater. If it was real, I don't know, but it was clever. And the last is like um, Robert Pattinson is the worst vampire ever because it took him 14 years to become a bat.
1: <laughs> so, that's great. That's great. Yeah, it's good.
0: So anyways, um, that's been Popcast on the Rocks. Episode 98. We're approaching 100 very quickly. Um, You should stay tuned because in the coming weeks, we're going to finish off the finale of uh, season two of Raised by Wolves. We're going to be talking about that. I'm sure there's a lot of other TV shows and movies uh, to discuss coming out. So stay tuned for that. Please leave comments, subscribe, like, share, all those sorts of things um, on all the social media platforms whether it's on Twitch or YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, feel free to tweet at us. I've been tweeting pictures from photo mode of Horizon Forbidden West, all that kind of thing. So go ahead and, and please do that. Um, let's see let's see what else, uh, Killing the Flower. They wrote our theme song. You should make sure to go and take a look at them on Spotify, YouTube, or Instagram. We thank them very much. You can find us in audio podcast format on a ton of podcast directories. If you listen there, please leave a review. That helps us out a lot. And now will will do it. Otherwise, um, that was the Batman and our show. Andrea, thanks again for joining me.
1: Of course, as always. Cheers, everybody.